Holman, I have a question to start the show. Yes. Are we going to be held accountable for all the crazy things we say? Uh, I mean, I hope not. I hope not. Have you heard the show? I know. That's why I'm worried. The censors are going to come after us for uh, <laughs> for dabbling in uh, peddling our uh, our truck wares. Oh, it wares. Mm-hmm. Go trucks. <laughs> Go trucks. You know what? Uh, I I wave the truck mantra, the flag, the uh, the banner. I, I wave it. Uh, I wave it high and tall. Mm-hmm. Uh, our special guest today might might not feel the same way. Oh, you think so? You think uh, that our friend Matt Farah from the Smoking Tire podcast may uh, garner some uh, hate? I, well, I don't know if it's hate. Mm. Uh, I, I would love to delve deeper into his uh, post where he said uh, the TRX is awesome, but it's also the worst vehicle you can buy, and it's uh, everything that's wrong with America. <laughs> <laughs> that, I, that, that may have been strong yeah. to me. I, I, I think uh, Now, this is a guy that I have listened to and watched for many years, and I think is really talented. And then he comes and just smacks me upside the head, and he's like, thanks for listening. Whack! <laughs> he goes, you need to learn something, Sonny. Whack! Uh, I don't know if he said you need to learn something, Sonny, <laughs> but uh, but no, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, talking to Matt. I uh, I got into a little uh, back and forth with uh, Johnny Lieberman on his page over his TRX post a while back, and uh, he was gracious enough to uh, come on and defend his position. But uh, knowing uh, knowing Matt, I think he's going to uh, I think we'll cover a lot of different topics that'll be kind of interesting to uh, from his point of view, and and may or may not jive with uh, with where we stand as as truck enthusiasts. Yeah. Well, he owns some supercars that you and I have lusted after since sure. we were children. Sure. And uh, so there's that. So I, I think we'll see eye to eye on most topics. All right. Well, uh, I'm looking forward <laughs> to having him on. Okay. All right. Um, a, a couple things. Merry Christmas. I mean, I, I hope that you got everything you wanted. I uh, TRX come under your tree yet? Uh, no. No, it did not come under my tree. No. Yet? No, not yet. Hmm. All right. Well, uh, Merry Christmas, everybody. Thanks. Uh, thanks a lot for uh, listening to us. This is going to be our last show of the year, uh, so don't be alarmed if you don't get a, a show next week. We're going to take a week off just to uh, catch up, hang out mm-hmm. with the fam, all that kind of stuff. Because we're trying to figure out how to how to how to we're drowning our sorrows after the recent news about the emissions just getting harder to meet in 2024 and through 2026. Like we're just <sighs> just depressing. I, we're gonna have to talk about but, it. Uh, yeah, I'm here, sure. Yeah. I'm sure it'll be fine, Lightning. Mm-hmm. I, I don't I'm think sure so. Fine. No, nope. I think it's probably gonna be more fine than uh, California saying no more small uh, generators. Don't know what that's gonna do for the RV crowd. I don't know. Oh, what's what's happening here? Why well, don't? Uh, anyway, all right. Uh, lots to talk about on the show. Uh, we've got, of course, Matt Farah from the Smoking Tire. We've got tons of messages from the inbox. We, uh, I think, we're gonna cover some news. There was a copious amount of news to end the year. Everything that just kind of came raining down at once. And uh, again, we uh, we appreciate it. This is going to be uh, again our, our last show of the year, and uh, we're going to make a good one for you. <laughs> Based or, on what? Or you're going to get really <laughs> angry about what happens in the show, and we won't answer it for two weeks. Uh huh. <laughs> no, no, no. Chuckshowpodcast at gmail.com. Get ready to type. That's, <laughs> or, all I'm, that's all I'm saying. Or the five star hotline six five seven two zero five sixty one zero five. We want to hear from you. We appreciate you, and uh, thanks for sticking with us. All right. Uh, first of all, thank you, Nissan, for being our presenting sponsor and bringing to you each and every week for more than three years the Truck Show Podcast. If you're in the market for a new half-ton or half-ton-plus truck, you want to check out the new Nissan Titan with the Fender audio system and the 5.6-liter Endurance V8. Listen, they love it. They love it. Nine-speed automatic transmission. Awesome interior. 
Pro4X, Bill Stein Shocks, General Tires, all that good stuff. Best warranty in the business, five-year, 100,000 miles. You're not going to find that from anybody else. And if you're in the market for a small, mid-size uh, truck, you want to check out the Nissan Frontier. Brand new for 2022, completely uh, redesigned. Beautiful interior, Fender Audio and that as well, Pro4X. Great-looking little truck, a lot of fun to drive Super on Super great and transmission. Got the uh, best of class horsepower, 3.8 liter, 310 horsepower V6, all standard. So if you uh, are looking to buy a new truck, NissanUSA.com or head on down to your local dealer. And if you're having problems with your uh, your truck, is just not, it doesn't want to get out of its own way. Pedal latency. Yeah, pedal latency. You, you step down and there's just, there's not, it, there's it, that lag. It's there's like, pedal lag. It's like your pedal's reaching up and giving you the finger. You yeah, know what I'm saying? It's sort of like you want power now, but you get it two seconds from now. Yeah, it's That's annoying. That. How do you get rid of that? Uh, well, I would go over to bankspower.com and I would order myself up a pedal monster, which is a patented device, and through either the Banks iDash gauge or mm-hmm. a phone app that you can download for either your Google or Apple phone, you can do one of 30 different settings and figure out exactly the curve you want and just how sensitive you want your throttle to be, whether you've got a Wrangler 392 or a big old diesel Super Duty or a Dodge Charger. Right. You can make that thing feel like- Wait, uh, what did I say? That was a weird sound I, think, that I, I thought just you made. were barking the tires. I don't know what because I was just doing Because the sensitivity right of the pedal monster <laughs> well, made you do that on accident. Well, here's this. What happens with all the competitors, the other throttle boosters, when you put them in reverse? Oh, they do not go back to stock. So uh, the bank system defaults back to stock, so you don't have super sensitivity on your pedal. So when you're trying to back up your trailer or back into your garage, up your driveway, it, you don't run into you the garage You don't run into that accident, right? So uh, going forward, awesome. Going backwards, regular. Pedal Monster is available for hundreds of applications. You'll find yours at bankspower.com. Let's start the last show! The Truck Show. We're going to show you what we know. We're going to answer what the truck. Because truck rides with The Truck Show. We have the lifted. We have the lowered and everything in between. We'll talk about trucks that run on diesel. God, that has to be so annoying. Oh, we're not listening to it. <laughs> yeah, we are. Neither is anybody else. Though. I had to listen to it three times to cut this show up, man. Uh, well, it was like flubtopia. Well, if you were better when you uh, <laughs> when you were on the mic. Yeah, not everything comes out just right. No, it doesn't. That's that's true. Although you guys don't hear it. I, I've often told Lighting I think it would be funny for us to do one episode where we edit nothing, mm-hmm. and he's completely against that. I don't want to do that. <laughs> it would also be like eighty hours long. They don't have time for our <laughs> yeah, shenanigans. That's true. So I have wanted to have Matt Farah on the show for 208 episodes. I mean, I I feel like I grew up listening to him because I feel like he's been doing it for so long, although he's younger than both of us. Yep. But he's just really good. I think he – was he a writer at one point for magazines or something? Yeah. I don't he, know. He's, he's a, a journalist. He's a journalist. He, he, did, okay. uh, he uh, has his podcast. He had his – YouTube show, he's got his blog. I mean, he's doing I a lot of stuff. I think the thing that I like about Entrepreneur. Ma- yeah, yeah. He, well, oh my God. He owns a Westside Car Collection storage unit, which yeah. has Ferraris and Porsches stuff. and all, yeah. and all yeah, the yeah. stuff. Yeah. I think what I like about him is he, like Johnny Lieberman, is not afraid. He's just not afraid. He's going to give you a thoughtful answer, but he's not afraid to give you that thoughtful yeah, answer. Yeah, and he's not afraid what you uh, think about it. So I'm excited to talk a lot of cars and trucks with him. Uh, Holman, if you wouldn't mind, dial up this number right here. 
There you go. Hello, this is Matt. Matt, it's Lightning and Holman from the Truck Show Podcast. How you doing? What's up, dude? How you guys doing? We're uh, we're outstanding. We have wanted to have you on the show for over 200 episodes. You're like a uh, a, a podcast, automotive podcast mentor, and we're like little automotive podcast toddlers. Well, that's very kind of you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Actually, we are, we're a little past toddlers because we're going into our uh, our fourth year now, so... We, you know, we're not, we're not like infants. We're not babies. Well, we're not, we're not, we're not crapping our diapers anymore. We're sitting in the booster seat in the mm-hmm. back seat of the car. We're not in the, uh, the seat turned uh, rearward facing. So we're, we've grown up a little bit. <laughs> but is Matt driving? He turns around and whacks us? Yeah, Matt is definitely driving. Okay, yeah, got it. Yeah, sure. Hey, Matt, before we can bring you on, we have a quick intro, so don't move. Nope. Yo, the truck show! <laughs> who dis, who dis? Who the hell is this? A truck show interview you don't want to miss. We talk to top dogs in the industry. How'd you blow up? How'd you come to be? Who dis? Who dis? Truck show represent. Should we be embarrassed of uh, our little jingles here? <laughs> no, for Matt? I think Matt thinks this is awesome. <laughs> so Matt, I like your I like your jingle. I think your jingles that's very high quality. Jingles. So, that's so, the best one we have, by the way. They they only go downhill from there. Uh, we have like 30, 40 uh, jingles, and they're all bad. It's a carryover from the Kevin and Bean show. So uh, when we first launched this, we thought, you know, let's have some morning show feel to this thing. And yeah, uh, yes. so everyone I got gets a real a, morning zoo vibe about that one. Uh, right. Yeah, it, by the way, Lightning hates when uh, people say that. He's like, we're not in the morning no, zoo. No, well, that one's got the reggaeton horn. Like that one. Yeah, is the yeah. worst of all. Like, that is just the worst, right? <laughs> Matt, I, we have to start by rewinding the clock a little bit. You are the OG podcaster, especially in the in the car space, automotive in general. How did you start, Matt? I don't think well, I know. First off, I think Adam Carolla had me by like four years. Did he really? Uh, With CarCast? I, I think CarCast goes back really far i mean i think when we you know we were we started making youtube videos um my first youtube video was 2006 but we started the smoking tire in 2009 uh and and in 2010 when my friend chris hayes said you know you guys should probably start a podcast because at the time my whole film crew like lived in a house together and we would just (laughs) sit around the, the dinner table you know talking about cars and whatever and and he was like you know there's we could probably record this and he he suggested that we started a podcast and at the time i was of the attitude of like no everybody's already doing this and that was 2010 that was yeah now, now oh literally God. everybody is doing I, this yeah no i i, I wasn't uh, i was a few years i think ahead on that one but it seemed like to me because i think there were a couple of popular ones that everybody was already doing it but we were always big fans of the opie and anthony show um how you dare you that. how dare you you're not even giving the buzzer yeah. for that <laughs> well i grew up in new york i didn't know about the kevin and bean show i didn't i didn't have la radio i was in new york at the time so you were either team o and a or you were team howard stern that was your only real option at the time or i guess you could have been team elvis duran but like no I don't know, no, but, no, no 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 even we from la no not not to be elvis fans yeah and there was like scott and todd i think on 95.5 plj also but those guys were a little a little more morning zoo. Listen, all I, these I was shows have really anything. stupid host names like Scott and Todd, Scott and Todd, and yeah. Lightning and Holman. Those are their actual. Those are their actual names. <laughs> oh yeah, we only have half of us on this team uh, uses their real name. Now I, I, <laughs> yeah. I got to remember. So when you were listening to Opie and Anthony, 
did Stern go after them, or was that the other couple of DJs where he just absolutely ruined their lives when he when he moved into the market? I can't there recall. Was, well, I don't know if he ruined their lives, but there was definitely like a lot of beef between Howard Stern and Opie and Anthony. I remember it was like it, Howard Stern had the bigger audience, and he didn't really treat them very well, and then they started kind of giving him shit. And they started kind of messing with each other's audiences and each other's like call-in shows. I don't know. I thought I thought that that whole the, the morning DJ beef thing was kind of kind of lame. But but I think when uh, when Opie and Anthony were on Sirius XM, and then Howard came to XM and got that enormous you know signing deal or you know a couple hundred million dollars, whatever it was, and he got like half the building to himself. I think there was definitely some animosity about that. Yeah, but at that point they weren't they were working under the same like Mel Carmazon was their leader yes. for a while both, right? Yes. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. And, and even and were, even and, before they went to satellite. So they went from New York, they were yeah, both and they were on NEW in New York and then Howard Stern was on K-Rock in New York. Uh, yeah. Enough with the radio so, wars here. So, so how'd you, you just, yeah, how'd you get out to LA? Radio what, what happened? What happened to, that you made the uh, trek out west? Sunshine was free, baby. Yeah, that's why I've never left. Uh huh. No, really. Was, no, it, when was it for a know, gig? Well, I first came out here to do a gig short term, and then when we, I realized very quickly uh, that if you're going to be an independent, you know, content creator, I, I I started my career by working for other people, and then when we struck out on our own from New York City, we realized you know this isn't going to work if we can't make content year round you know we need to be we need to be somewhere you can do this all year and and drive sports cars in december and and whatnot and so that plus in the very beginning we thought the smoking tire would be sort of this rolling audition for television you know we didn't really realize at the time how much more important online would be than broadcast tv and so we wanted to be where all the the tv productions were and the magazines were and, and that was la and so it made it made sense to come out here you keep saying we who's the we matt um i had a partner at the time um tom morningstar who you know i stood in front of the camera and he stood behind the camera Okay, gotcha. And so it was me and him when we started, and he has since moved on to other more traditional cinematography and, and editing gigs. Um, he moved back to New York a few years ago, but he started The Smoking Tire with me out here in 2009. Was there a breakout podcast or YouTube episode that put you on the map? Not really. I mean, my strategy has always been just – just slow and steady over time, you know, just add a little here, add a little there, keep shooting, keep creating, keep recording. You know, I would say the, the biggest like shift um, from a video side was when we when we stopped doing these very produced videos that we tried to make look like television. And I came up with the sort of picture in the picture format that I still sort of continue to use, which I call one take, which which I sort of realized if I had any talent at all, it was to drive for 20 minutes and talk totally (laughs) uninterrupted, you know, without sounding like a complete idiot. You know, not everybody can do that. It's actually kind of hard. And so it's it's actually really hard. Well, you know, yeah, you're an automotive journalist. You write stories for the drive and road and track and other outlets. And I've been at Motor Trend for you know almost 20 years. And 
It's that is a skill set to get all your thoughts out while you are piloting a vehicle, especially if yeah, you're it's technical. It's very hard. Yeah, it's hard, and 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 it's a lot harder for other people than it is for me. I mean, I've had a lot of practice, but I also, I guess, have a little bit of natural talent for being able to do that, and so, so I took advantage of that and sort of decided to try to to make a high volume of videos with very low production value and i did that by having fans bring me cars to drive and so over a period of like two years from like 2014 and to 2014 to 2017 i drove like 1500 cars oh my god um yeah it was ridiculous i mean it was i and i totally burnt out on it and <laughs> that's what happens when you drive 1500 cars but 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 being able to put out you know four videos a week for two and a half years by myself you know, that really grew the audience from, you know, 200,000 people to, to just under a million people during that time. I mean, really, it was just you and Doug DeMiro doing that style, right, of, of reviewing cars, except you don't go, this is a Bugatti. Well, Doug, you know, <laughs> we just had Doug on the podcast. I love Doug. Doug's I think, amazing. I think, he's, I think he's a great guy. I think he really, you know, one of the things that a lot of folks don't figure out is, what you'd call how to get started. You know, a lot of people email me and say, I like what you do. How do I do it? And I go, well, you, you get a camera and make a video. And that's not really what, that's not really what they mean. They don't really mean, how do I get a camera and make a video? They think they can't make a video without press cars. You know what I mean? What they mean is how do I get those cars to test that you get to test? How do and I do this thing where I get cars delivered to my house and right. look legitimate, but I just want to drive but cars. But that's the thing they don't need to. They could literally get the Honda Civic next door, or they, they right. or, or, own or you make you make deals with your local dealership, get to know them, and sometimes well, look, look through demos Doug's, Yeah, and, and Doug started the buy a weird car and write about it thing. I mean, he wasn't the first person to ever do that. People have been doing that in my magazines for a long time, but, but Doug really um, started the, the buy a, a YouTuber car you know, and do silly stuff with it and write about it. And, and he was able to conjure a career from thin air, you know, without really any access to anything. And so I have a lot of respect for that. And, you know, obviously his, his personality comes through in his videos and his videos look a lot different from my videos. And he does the thing in his videos that he really wants to do, which is poke around and press buttons and show the weird stuff on cars. And I do the thing that I want to do, which is go out in the canyons and drive them, you know? Yeah. You're different in that. If I want to know and understand the car driving experience, like if I'm looking for a new truck, car, whatever, how does it feel behind the wheel? What's the what's the yeah. driver input yeah. required I mean, and all that? And I'm that I'm going to get from you. I, I think I think that's, to me, that's the preferred way of talking. Because I, I think when you're driving, there's something that's natural that happens when you're behind the wheel and you're talking about it because you're literally in real time explaining what you're feeling. And people are getting yeah. to see you interact with the car. And you don't have to have all these weird camera setups and things like this. It could be a GoPro or iPhone on your, on your windshield. And, you know, some of the ones that I've done have been pretty successful. Same thing. Just get behind and drive off road and go, okay, well, you feel the suspension. Here's the, the, the steering's heavy. The, the brakes are grabby. I mean, you're going to know I mean, right away. I mean, you knew right away that you were able to articulate your feelings. A lot of people yeah. can't. A lot of people can't articulate what their ankle is doing with the pedal what yeah. what the what the, sure. the feedback for, they're getting from the suspension and that you know that comes from comfort with cameras and that comes from 
comfort with presenting, but it also comes from, you know, a lot, a lot of experience and from enough seat time where your hands and feet can be totally decoupled from your brain. You know, I, I can be talking about trunk space or something while driving at racetrack pace. You know, <laughs> a lot of people can't do that, but I have a lot of experience. And so I'm able to sort of decouple the two things from each other. And that's, that's sort of my talent. You know, Doug finds little bits of interesting stuff that I would totally overlook. I mean, you know, at the, at the, at the launch for the, the new Ford GT, which was, I guess at this point, it was almost three years ago, maybe even more than three years ago. You know, he spent, he took the car over to a parking lot and spent three hours poking around it and pressing buttons and whatever. And, you know, didn't do a single lap around the track. Whereas to me, you know, I was lapping and lapping and lapping and it was time to go home, Farah. You know what I mean? Like, get the hell out of here. You know, um, I'm, I'm very fortunate that that my career is motivated and I've been successful for doing the thing that I actually really like to do, which is which is to drive. You know, I like driving. <laughs> yes, Lenny, yes. you like driving? I do. I you do just like driving. standing around SEMA looking at stuff that doesn't run. I, no, I do that too. Uh, okay, just checking. I, I, are you? Are you? Matt, are you a SEMA fan or is just a big uh, annoying car show? I mean, I'm a fan of it as a concept. I'm not a fan of going. <laughs> um, um, Although I'll tell you, th- uh, this year was like one of the best SEMAs ever because you could actually walk around and talk to people. And you didn't yeah, have like five hover rounds blocking every aisle as they were trying to ride, you know, five abreast like Ponch and John and Chips or something like that. You're, you know, you could get from point A to point B. Fewer tire, yeah. fewer tire were, kickers, as they say. Yeah, yeah. It was nice because there was half as many people as yeah. are normally there, and it was also nice because with masks on, I could get from place to place without being stopped every twenty feet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that too. Not that I don't like talking to people, I do, but sometimes you've just got you just got to just pee. don't have time. That's you the know? worst. Sometimes somebody you just got to get to the bathroom. And you're so, like, yeah, Dude, you got got a fifteen minute bathroom break right here, and you are you've just took up eight minutes, and I you know I don't yeah. know if I can get all out. Well, but look, let's yeah. be honest. He, I mean, Matt is considerably more famous than than, than you or I as far as visually because oh, he's on no, so for, many more for YouTube sure. Videos, but right. I mean, we both of us have been through where somebody's like, "Hey," and you're just like, "I can't right now." Well, yeah, the, just, be- yeah. the best is when people can fuse Holman and I and they're like hey I listen to your podcast yeah. Holman I'm like uh, no I'm lightning yeah yeah that happened yeah, to yeah. him in the <laughs> elevator when we first started the show at SEMA and they're like hey you have a podcast right and lightning's like yeah he goes god you're, you're Holman right I, was just, <laughs> I love nope, that story it's nope. so funny hey so you've been spotted out a lot I mean when that started Matt for the was- record I'm very happy when people say hi and that they like what I'm doing but it's something at somewhere like SEMA if one person asks for a photo it turns into like 50 people who want a photo because well, a lot of them quickly. don't even know who you are they go oh that well, dude that wants a photo with famous guy. guy yeah, yeah. famous guy I yeah. better collect my uh you know, like the four. <laughs> you're, you're spot on. That does happen. Yeah. You take the picture and they go, "Who are you?" Yeah, and who's you're this like, guy? We just, we just took the picture. Yeah. Right. Hey, so Matt, uh, moving from New York to to L.A., did your perception of the automotive scene and or cars change? Meaning, did you have a certain type of vehicle that you liked on the East Coast, and then over time that changed? I'm, I'm wondering how your tastes have changed, and of course, this is going to get into trucks and how. Well. Know, yeah, I mean, I, I would, I, I, I don't know if that. I mean, today the short answer is yes. I mean, th- the stuff that I used to like. If I told you the list of cars I've driven and the order in which I've driven them, I've owned them. There's, there's like no consistency at all. I've, I've ping ponged all over the place. I mean, I've all over the place, and I, it has made it's, it's, it's been less about 
where I lived and the scene than it has been about just, you know, stages of my life and going from a teenager to a 20 year old to, a, you know, late 20s, early 30s. And, and now I just turned 40. And and so the kinds of stuff that I've liked has has just evolved with my my taste and my needs. And I and I I would like to think that a lot of that is about just getting older and maybe being a little more mature and a little more honest with myself about who I am and what I want than the, the, the scene per se. Um, but I will say that, you know, it's, it's nice. Not, I haven't had to have a winter car in 12 years and that's pretty awesome. You know, do you now like a car that you hated as a child? I don't know about hated um, or, or, or I just hate yeah, cars that I liked as a child. Well, look at, <laughs> um, I mean, just let him answer the question. You don't have to redefine it when he says, no, it's okay. okay. Lightning's no, Wait, hold no, on. Let me restructure there, this there question. Really aren't any, there aren't really any cars I hated as a, as a kid that I like now. I mean, I, you know, I definitely bought stuff that seemed cool at the time, but in hindsight was pretty stupid. I mean, you know, I, when I was, 24 and living in manhattan like in new york city i had an h1 hummer as a daily driver <laughs> which which in hindsight is the stupidest thing in the world why would anybody do that because it's you know awesome because I mean? it is yeah. awesome that's <laughs> I mean, why listen it wasn't if you awesome. hated an 86 hyundai excel you still hate an 86 hyundai excel yeah i mean there was definitely some terrible cars <laughs> that i didn't like um no i mean there's definitely stuff that i you know there's uh, there's been a couple of don't meet your heroes type moments oh, yeah. you know my my car um, my car, when I, um, my dream car was always a, a DeLorean, you know, that was the car that made me love cars. Uh, when I was a little kid, I didn't, I didn't know a whole lot about cars when I was a little kid, but it looked so incredible and it was so different and it, you know, it looked fast and then there was back to the future, et cetera, et cetera, that, that, that be, that was my dream car. And I owned one for a few years and it was really nice. And, it was fully restored. It was as nice as a DeLorean could really ever be. But the experience of owning and driving one in L.A. did did not, let's say, you know, meet the dream, you know. And so I had a few different instances like that. Does the Lamborghini Countach meet the dream? Oh, yeah, 100 <laughs> percent. That car rules. See? Yeah. yeah. No, but I mean, buying a buying a Countach um that was that was pretty next level. That, that's the car we all had on our wall yeah. as a kid. Every yeah. one of us. We either yeah. had a Lamborghini Countach, or we had a Ferrari Testarossa, or we had right. Both. You had to be one. You had yeah. to be one or the other. You had to yeah. be Team Testarossa or Team or Team Countach. And and disclaimer: I do have a Ferrari. I have a three twenty eight uh, GTS, which I think is a little more fun to drive uh, of that period than the Testarossa is. But um, I've actually really enjoyed listening to you on the podcast talk about all the repairs you've had to do out in like Palm Desert or Palm Springs with your your, yeah. your Ferrari, yeah. the maintenance on it, just yeah. figuring out because a lot of people don't realize that when a supercar is cheap, it's because you're getting up to a major maintenance period, and the previous owner went, "F that, I'm out." And so well, you can pick them up. It's actually then... worse than that. It's actually worse than that, <laughs> no. which is that that um. When I bought that car last year, um, the it, it came with a very long list of service records, including a very recent major service about 500 miles before I bought the car, and that bill turned out to be fraudulent. It was a completely oh, fraudulent. No. Yeah, yeah. So, so I had to I had to have that. You know, when when I got the car. Um, once we realized that the major service wasn't actually done, I had to basically treat the car as a total unknown 
and have, but I really liked it. You know, I really liked the car. It was triple black. It was overall, it was a very nice car. It's I don't know. Ferrari's got to be red, dude. Said, I don't nah, know. I love the black. The, the 328, if you remember, was in that old arcade game called Outrun. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. I, I've, I drove that car five. I, I, I probably put enough coins in that stupid to machine it. to buy one, to buy one in real life. Yeah, I mean, there's two types of Ferrari fans. You know, ones who say the Ferrari has to be red and ones who say I like it in any color but red. And so I, okay, I'm I'll, in any color but red guy. I'll, I'm okay with that, but I, I, for a while, had a hashtag on Instagram that was called uh, Better Than a Blue Ferrari. Because I saw an ice blue Ferrari one day, and I'm like, no, no, like be fly yellow, be black, be red, ice blue, not not cool, yeah, not cool. I, I actually, I think that could be kind of a neat color to see. My, I mean, mine is triple <laughs> black, and you and you know, no, who, who's you can triple argue black's triple good on black. anything. Triple though. black is always good, yeah, you know, yeah. It's except good, on a so. day with uh, Santa Anna's, because then you got to go out the California car duster and go to town. Right. Right, right. I mean, I'm very fortunate that uh, at my shop, West Side Collector Car Storage, I own it detailing shop so i don't have to worry too much about there you that go. We're, we're getting to that part we're getting to that part because um, i do want to talk about but, that because you've got eye yes. candy 24 7 so yes mostly other people's but to circle back yeah owning a lamborghini countach has not disappointed i got three years out of it without having to do anything but change the oil it's in for some service right now and we're doing a little bit of uh of uh, you know, it's it. Any of those cars that got really, really cheap in the '90s and 2000s have some, let's call it, non-factory engineering. You know, where someone who used some cheap wires or cheap parts to to get keep it running because they didn't want to pay up for the factory stuff or cut that and hole in the floor pan for their coke. Right. <laughs> and that, now that the car is uh, is quite valuable, you know, it makes sense to to put it back to totally factory specs. So so that's what we're doing. A little bit of investment, a little bit of a little bit of time. But but it's uh, it's good. It's Did good. you have that car in the Peterson Museum? It was in the Peterson Museum for like six, eight months. And then I got totally stir crazy about it sitting there. And I said, uh, you know what, guys, I, I appreciate the opportunity to display the car, but I'd really like to take it out so I can drive it. I, I got so annoyed with it just sitting there. All right, so I'm going to flip the script now, but I am going to go stick with the topic of moving from east to west. Did the um, just the sheer quantity of trucks on the West Coast supply uh, surprise you? Well, I mean, you know, look, I. I come from the suburbs of New York City where the Ford Explorer and the Chevy Tahoe and the Suburban, you know, and the Grand Cherokee all began dominating the roads when I was in high school and, and then college and coming out. You know, I live in the city. I don't I don't live in you know Bakersfield or Central Coast or anything like that. So so I don't see as many trucks, although I see plenty of um, SUVs. Um and and when I go out to the to the the heartland, you know, I, I think I think uh, the number of trucks uh, compared to the number of people who really need trucks is a bit a bit absurd. Um, I think there's a lot of people driving trucks instead of luxury cars. Um, but you know, as long as the there's room, you know, whatever. <laughs> so but look, matt you're out at button willow you're at therm uh, thermal you're at willow springs you drive through 20 minutes of driving you're out of la and that's truck country so you live in where you're like over by the water in venice or somewhere like that which is you are in the yeah. heart of the the condensed portion of los angeles where people are living on people 
as soon as you yes. drive 20 minutes in any direction other than into the water, you're in truck country. And I guess what I was asking is because as soon as you get in those areas, you're like, wow, this is not the California uh, that I or this or or the West Coast that I expected. I thought it was going to be all L.A. And yeah, then you realize stereotypes a little bit different. Yeah. yeah. Well, I wasn't. I wasn't stupid. I knew that the, the, <laughs> the west side of L.A. is not the same as the east side of L.A. is not the same as the valley or, you know, Bakersfield. So I, I can't say I was surprised, um, you know, but if you you go to the middle of California, 30 miles outside the city, you know, you might as well be in Texas. You know, there's it has more it has more in common with Texas than it does with Venice. And people so don't, people yeah, people don't, don't realize, realize that. that. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah. I mean, literally, guys are wearing cowboy hats mm-hmm. and, and you know, S-kicking yeah. boots and the whole thing. You're like, yeah. wait, I am 45 minutes north of L.A., yeah. and I might as well be yeah, in yeah, Houston. A different place, yeah. yeah. I mean, look, I just drove – I just did a, a, a driving event with um, – driving wall awesome which is the radwood guys <laughs> um have a have a driving event and you know i just drove from uh carmel to paso robles and then back down to la and we you know we were driving through oil fields you know so uh, you know and it was and literally someone someone said you know 20 miles outside of outside of wine country someone said to us what's with all these european cars it's like european who says european cars in 2021 you know what i mean and they weren't it, they weren't ferraris they were like you know bmw e30s and, yeah, and all like of them Every Porsche single one of them. they were like just they were like they were all 30 years old i was like who has like and the coolest thing in that group is like, like a 928 or something snobbery yeah, yeah. like who has who has like all that who who's who talks like that? But I guess you know people. So you have re- <laughs> you have reviewed a fair number of trucks, right? Have there sure. have there been any standouts? Any any ones that you detest? And you know where we're going with this. I mean, look, I, I in 2011 I owned a Raptor. I I bought a, a, a 6.2 liter Raptor, and I I enjoyed it for the three years I had it. Yeah, I, I did. I it it. If I'm totally honest, the thing that I said I wanted it for, it was not the best thing for. Which was, you know, like, well, I said I was going to use it as a camera vehicle and a and a crew a crew transport vehicle, drive to shoots. You know, I mounted a like a a crane, a small like manually operated crane on the back of it, and I would lug around our camera gear in it. And the 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 truth is, you know, a a minivan was better suited to that need hmm. than a pickup truck be mainly because not just because of the off-roading capability that i didn't really take that much advantage of but mainly because every time we would park somewhere and go into a restaurant or whatever we'd have to load our very expensive camera cases into the cab because ah. i didn't have a locking the, the bed was open well and and the minivans are great because with the hatch and the side door car to car super yeah. easy with the guy built yeah. it in the back right like yeah. that's big deal. minivans rule i mean yeah. and so ultimately i sold it and bought a minivan actually i bought a honda odyssey but that doesn't mean it wasn't a, a a fine vehicle i mean other than it was the shorter wheelbase it wasn't the super crew so it was actually although it was wide and it was tall you know it wasn't it wasn't so big that it was a problem um, when I tested the the big four door uh, Super Crew Raptor, you know the difference in turning radius was enormous. I yeah. mean, it was enormous. That extra, you know, twelve inches or whatever it was, made a huge difference 
in making the Raptor a more usable vehicle when, if you had the small one. And, and I've driven, you know, we, we just did um, an off-road trip and we took the F-150 hybrid with the, the power boost bed thing. That was pretty cool. Um, when they redesigned the Ram, not to the, the current one, but when they went, the, the one before that, that redesign where it got very modern. The DS. Kind of yeah. I mean, that was, that was, that was a lovely thing. And like, Great truck. yeah, like I, you know, I don't, I don't like dislike trucks. I just, I, I get frustrated because trucks have gotten really huge. I mean, if you park a, if you park a, you know, in the nineties. Yeah. I mean, I, Colorado I, is like 90% of a 88 to 98 Chevy. You know, right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and my, I have a friend who's got like a, a friend, my, my general manager at Westside has a 2003 Ford lightning. Right. And he, he parked it next to this TRX press car that I had. And it was like a joke. I mean, it was a joke and it's like, and the actual, uh, the size of the bed, you know, of what you could actually put in there was like the same. You know, but the but the bed on the bed the load height of the bed on the TRX was like a foot taller. You know, and it was and it was it's so wide. You know, I just I I I think that the 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 size of a lot of these trucks has gotten kind of out of hand. You so know? so I think you could probably say you know the TRX has a purpose for why it's wide. It's obviously it's wheel travel and it's stability off road. But you look at the big heavy duty trucks and they're massive. I mean, they're just, they're yeah. massive. And I know there's, yes. there's been some, you know, people who say, oh, why does the grill have to be so big? And why, why? well, the reason is obviously thermal management because the powertrains are making so much power these days. Yeah, because they, they've got like a thousand pounds yeah. of torque now. So yeah. you, you have to have a big grill and, and being close to a lot of the big three engineers and designers, you know, I can tell you that, and Lightning and I have had this conversation on the show. It's not styling. The engineers say, We're, we have to make a 1,000 pound-feet of torque. Here's what you have to work with. And the designers have to design something around that, therm- you know, that cooling stack for thermal management. And it's just – it's ridiculous. And But that's what you have to do to make that power and be, be able to do it under warranty and, and all that good well, stuff. Well, I want to I ask you this, Matt, and this is um, – it, it kind of goes to, to the TRX thing, which is – so you've you've got the horsepower wars on the supercars, right, and the speed wars and all that. Right. But in the in the in in the full size truck space, you've got the towing wars and the size wars. And right. I think there's something about there, the there's the, totally parallels between the yeah, two. Yeah. And I think. Um, and by the way, power wars are coming next with the EV trucks that are all being announced right now. For sure. Like that. That's for sure happening. And then obviously Raptor are coming. But out I, but I want to ask TRX. why does like so we've read a couple letters letters to uh, to the editor and things like that where. There, were, there was a woman who was screaming about the size of this truck and how it's going to... Well, that was an article she did. It was did, an article. Yeah. Okay, okay. They're okay with supercars because they don't really affect her. But now that there's a big F-350 parked next to her at the Target, she's freaked out. And I, I don't know. What is, what is your take on that, that one seems to be okay and one's not? <clears throat> if we're talking about, well... Matt's thinking think, about know your audience right now. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I don't. No, I just, I just want to give you a, a thoughtful answer. Um, for one, I talk all the time about how it's insane that companies will sell incredibly high performance cars to people without requiring any training whatsoever. You mean Mustang that, owners? Do <laughs> <laughs> Mustang uh, owners? The, yeah. You know, I mean, just watch you the can buy a McLaren. Instagram. You know, that, that you can buy, a, you know, a Hellcat, 
you know, for 800 bucks a month or whatever, you know, a thousand bucks a month that if with seven to 800 horsepower that you can buy a, a McLaren that with a tune and an exhaust will run an eight second quarter mile, you know, that the, even up to, you know, if you're very, very wealthy and you're buying Bugattis or Koenigseggs, you know, um, but even more so in the quote, um, production level supercars where you could lease it you know it was it would be expensive don't get me wrong i'm not saying that these cars aren't expensive but but to you know the when when ferraris went from 375 400 horsepower up to 7 800 horsepower mclarens with 800 horsepower these are incredibly high performance machines that most people average rich folks are not really equipped uh to 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 drive anywhere near their their limits and furthermore the roads that we drive on were designed in the 60s for the most part you know when cars had a quarter of the power that they have now so i talk about this stuff so it's it's not like i think it's totally okay for us to have one and not the other i think they're both ridiculous <laughs> um if you look at if you look at where i sp- choose to spend my own money on cars I'm buying cars from 25 years ago because I think that's all the car I could need for the roads that I drive on in California. Well, we've even talked about, you know, uh, appropriateness on the show. I think it's America. Buy what you want. You can afford it. Rock on. But I do agree that there's a lot of high performance stuff out there, whether it's high performance in terms of speed or high performance in terms of, let's say, towing, where you right. go out and tow 36,000 well, we, we right? Yeah, we have a lot of listeners that buy trucks that they will never use. I mean, they can pull yeah. 36,000 yeah. pounds. They're, they're air haulers. Yeah. You know, and, and, right. uh, and that, okay, whatever, that's fine if, if that's your jam. But I do think that there, there comes a time where there should be some education that goes along with some of the features and some of these vehicles that are out there. Sure. And the problem I have, why are trucks different from sports cars? Well, a very fast sports car and I'll use the example of the McLaren 720, which is an incredibly fast sports car. It doesn't take up any more space in a parking lot than a Honda Civic, okay? It's typically incredibly efficient. You know, because these very fast sports cars, they're, they're not getting eight miles per gallon. You, you get 20, 20, 25 miles per gallon on the highway in a McLaren uh, or, a, or a Ferrari. Turbocharging is, is quite efficient. The, the, the issue I have with trucks being so huge is that they start to impede. It starts to be more about it starts to become other people's problem because you're taking up so much space now that the the people around you are inconvenienced by your presence because you're taking up more space, physical space than you need, which is one of the problems I have with the TRX. If you park a TRX in a parking lot, it literally makes it harder for the other people on either side of you to park. I just parked um, my TRX at the airport and it was just fine coming in and out. I, you got to well, be you got to be careful. You got to get between the lines and you don't have any margin for error. But damn it, it fits. I mean, you're well, not supposed to look, park where it says compact. You <laughs> well, know what I mean? Can't, you can't look, park. Where I, it says I spent a week with this thing parking all over the place, and I kept it in between the lines. Good work. And I realize that there is a minimum size, but there's more to it. If your vehicle is we if your vehicle's tires are one inch from the line on both sides of the car, you gotta understand that that just because those lines are there doesn't mean that it's good 
to take up every single square <laughs> inch of the space in between the lines. My, well, my argument. People still need to in people still need to open their doors. But that's yeah. the fenders. People are opening their doors in the middle of my truck, <laughs> where it's just as wide as a normal Ram. Look, justify it however you want. But that's my opinion. All right, can, that, can that's I read? My opinion. Can I read? Okay, yeah, yeah. Matt, Matt Farah at the Smoking Tire on Instagram. I follow him. I trolled him a little bit when he posted this. We it was all funny. do. Johnny Lieberman and I went back and forth a few times. Obviously, Johnny's been on the show. He's a good friend of ours. So you, you had the TRX, and you know, blah blah blah. The good, you, and you said a bunch of good stuff. I want to focus on the bad. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this is what you wrote. He said, uh, mm-hmm. the bad, this is everything wrong with the worst stereotypes of America. 7,000 yep. p- plus pounds of truck that's too big to park anywhere, returns single-digit fuel economy, even in gentle conditions, costs 95000 and has way more power than anyone ever needs, is tone-deaf in the most American way possible. It's so tall that driving at normal speeds feels like everyone's driving too slow, making you drive like an angry, impatient jerk, which, because you're in the most stupidly huge and overpowered truck on the road, matches the default assumption about you. It's comically wasteful to to use this as a standard road car despite its clear off-road capability, and this comes from someone who once owned a Raptor. While the quote-unquote Hellcat all things is a fun meme, if you have the tiniest bit of social consciousness, there's no vehicle more embarrassing to pull up in. It's probably the most selfish, arrogant vehicle on sale right now at any price. Harsh. Yeah, so, so I'll stand by that. Really I mean, well, that. really well written. No, he's a good writer. And <laughs> but, but I love what listen, he wrote. I don't agree with him, but gotten, I love what he wrote. I've gotten 13 miles per gallon on the highway with uh, with our long-termer, and it uh, gets about uh, 10 on average in the city. So he must have been driving it much harder than I was. And <laughs> listen, you can, you cannot, the party tricks that the thing does, right? Like our fastest zero to 60 time in our truck was 3.9 seconds. And when you have a 6,500-pound truck almost 7,000 two people on board and you have such a high center of gravity and you're so far above everybody it's it just makes you giggle and it's literally launch control mode it's a freaking adrenaline dump like your whole body but think just... about how nice the zero to 60 would be if it didn't weigh 7,000 pounds and if you weren't seven feet off I mean if the point is to do zero to 60 starting with the biggest heaviest tallest thing and then having to make it fast, it's just well. That's it's that's kind of li- dumb. Well, that's a little disingenuous. It's, it's like, listen, Ram is the fat guy that's on the diving board at the pool party doing a belly flop to show everybody just how rad their belly. What flops did I are. say? The most <laughs> worst stereotype. <about laughs> what have you just described? You've just described a horrible stereotype about America. So you're actually defending my point there. See, he's just saying we're gluttonous pigs. Yeah, he is. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Well, in Orange yes. County, uh, we have less social consciousness in the West Side of LA. Some, you know, it's so American to say, well, we won't be able to sell this kind of stuff soon. So let's, you know, last hurrah, right? And so, but but last having a last hurrah of inefficiency is the most socially unconscious, arrogant thing. Okay, okay, I'll, do. then what do you think of let's, and I've said, I've already gone on record saying this. You look at some of the EV vehicles that are coming out. We can use the. Oh, Hummer some of those are insane too. No, that's insane. Too. So, so that's insane right. Too. So what I'm. What I just wrote an editorial for the Intercooler about the only way to make Middle America find EVs interesting <laughs> is to make them even less socially conscious well, than the. Well, and that, that. So here's my point. My point is that when Hummer came around the first time. And you owned one, all right? And yes. and Hummer and was embarrassed it, myself. Things were <laughs> things. I will never be embarrassed of the TRX, my friend. Um, but everybody was all about at that point. 
Good times were rolling in the United States. It was bold in your face, American. And it was right before everything crashed. When everything crashed, they got caught on the wrong side of history. And then everybody came and threw rocks at them. And it ended up being an environmental poster child for excess. And I've driven the new Hummer Electric. And it's really freaking good. But it, I left thinking, I, I'm going to give you six months till some environmental group comes out and goes, it's the most inefficient EV you can buy. And Hummer's going to be repeating history right back in the same place they were with the internal combustion vehicles because somebody's going to figure a way to spin it. So even though GM is coming out and saying, no, this, we want to give you all that Hummer capability and that brashness. And, and in an EV, somebody's going to be like, nope, still the most inefficient well, one you could buy, right? Like, that's going to be well, a what thing is, at what some is, point. What is Dodge's new EV tagline? Have you heard it? Dodge yeah. is coming out with a line of EVs. You know their tagline? I have not heard their tagline. You want to take a whack at it? <laughs> EV everything. No. We don't have one yet. Tear up the asphalt. Yeah, well, I mean, they, they, they so, know who their audience so is, right? So exactly. So so they know and I agree they know their audience and Hummer knows their audience, too. Right. Oh, I'm uh, not the saying they're only... not going to make money and I'm not saying it's not a oh, good vehicle. Will. I'm just saying it's interesting to see history kind of come full circle again. And of I can course. see the same issues that they were facing, the same headwinds from a marketing standpoint yeah. are going to face them again in the next, I would say, you know, two to five years. Well, look, there's nobody on Earth stupider than the American consumer. Nobody has a shorter memory. Nobody is more selfish. Nobody is dumber than the American consumer as a, as a whole. And they have, you know, Hummer, H1s are valuable now as collector's items. Especially you know, Alphas, I, very valuable. Yeah. And, and, and I have spent a lot of time driving them. They're absolute steaming piles of crap. I mean, they're <laughs> no, they, junk. They, they drive, they drive and horribly. They're, they're slow. They're, they, they're dynamically awful. The uh, portals and, until the Alpha came out with the helical cut gears, you could rock on them at a stop sign and just sit yeah. there and feel it rocking on the portals, you know, all that stuff. But and, it's and one of those so, special cars in the past that people, you know, much like the Countach, right? It's, it's I missed the opportunity. There's some, some sort of heartstrings being pulled that I need to have that experience, right? Look, uh, I can understand why somebody might want a Hummer because I at one point wanted a Hummer. But the person I was when I wanted a Hummer, I was trying to be something that I wasn't. I wanted to be that an arrogant jerk. Literally, when I was 24, I was trying to be an arrogant jerk. And that's why I bought a Hummer, because I thought it would help me be that person. And it turned out very quickly that I wasn't that person. Because when I parked that thing on the street in New York, it was spit on. Someone slashed my tires. Someone left a bag of dog on my hood. And At I least it was in a bag. <laughs> yeah, right. And I realized that that you know the world, the the world actually that I actually didn't want to be, you know, part of me wanted to be like, screw you guys, but but I actually didn't want to be that person, and I got rid of it, and I traded it straight up for a Mini Cooper, actually, and I, and I don't have a problem with trucks, but I think that 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 EV technology. And I don't think, and I don't think EVs are going to save the world either. Personally, no, we're trading. EVs. We're trading one set of problems for a different set of problems. Yeah, we're just outsourcing our filth to, yeah, other, to other places where we don't uh, have to see it. hundred percent. Now, I, I, I we, we can to agree enjoy there. Enjoy driving EVs. I, a lot of them are fun. I like the torque. I like the the silence. You know, the, I like you know the what? smoothness. The silence is one of those things that. So I was able to go on that same uh, Rivian R1T trip that Johnny was on. Mm. 
And the silence is the thing that gets you because you don't think it's going to be that big of a deal until yeah. you spend thousands of miles in one and you go, yeah, how it's lovely. They're, yeah, they're so much less fatiguing. There yeah. is, I mean, just everything. It, it's it's a it's a nuance of an electric vehicle that until you have experienced it, you truly won't understand. And yes. and and when you we had a TRX that was our follow vehicle, and you'd hop in the TRX and you go, man, this thing's loud. And yeah. it's just you loud, it's vibrating, it's you, jerky from the gear changes. Yeah, driving it every day right now. I'm like, I love this thing. Yeah. But when it was with the Rivian, I was like, oh man, is this really that loud and rough? I don't remember it because the Rivian yeah. was uh, honestly so good, right? And so Look, you recalibrate. My, my wife has a, a Ford Mach E, and I drive it around a lot. And between the silence and the one pedal driving. You know, it's it's a lovely thing to use a lot of the time. And I'm not going to get rid of my classic cars. I'm not going to get rid of my manual transmission cars. But it's a, as a uh, as a as an experience. And I don't think I'm saving the world by driving it. I, I have no no illusions. See, and, and that's the that's the thing that matters. It, it it don't do it for a statement. Do it because it works for you. It's the right tool for the job. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. and I listen, I've got a 67 F100. I've got a 42 Ford GPW. Uh, I drive stick. I've got a 20 JL that I take out in the desert and all that all the time with manual transmission. So I, in that sense, I'm like you. I'm a manual transmission guy. I, I love vintage vehicles as well. The thing that worries me is as as society moves forward and you have, you know, these steering wheelless pods that are, you know, taking your kids to soccer practice or, or some junk like that and this autonomous driving, what worries me is those of us who are vintage car people, what happens when – you know, th- there's more than half the vehicles on the road are, are more autonomous. Than us. And they and are they going to pull us off the road? Are we going to have to have a transponder that says stupid human in this vehicle? What do you see as the future for those of us who love vintage iron and want to be able to still seamlessly integrate and drive in, let's say, 20 years? What do you think that looks like? Look, I, I think, you know, the average life lifespan of a, of a gasoline car right now is like 12 to 15 years, and they're still selling gasoline cars now. So, so we're not getting off gasoline anytime soon. And everyone in regular citizens and, and, and the government recognize the hobby of collectible cars. And so the idea, I think, I don't, I don't believe it is likely at all that classic cars or collector cars will somehow be legislated away. I, I don't see that. And I don't see it anytime soon in our lifetimes that gasoline will become totally unavailable. I don't, I don't yeah, there, there's, think that's yeah, There's no that. way gasoline becomes obsolete. And because no way. The, the other thing that people have to remember is there's technology in the battery space that works for light vehicles, but doesn't work for heavy duty trucks yet, right? right. Like the technology is right. out there and the infrastructure exists and it's relatively affordable and it's relatively plentiful. And you're right. You still have a, a 12 to 20 year follow on from when the last gas vehicle is sold to how long it has to be supported, plus all of us who, you know, I, I think it's no different than leaded well, gasoline going to unleaded and the leaded guys worrying, what's that going to do to my classic, right? But I think things will change. I think synthetic fuels are sort of an interesting topic coming up. Um, I agree. But I yeah, think there I, could be, there's some carbon neutral options yeah. that, that can run modern cars and vintage cars that, that, you know, it might get a little expensive. You know, it's sure. expensive to feed a horse too. Yeah. You know, you it, still it's, love it. You know, to to get back to the point of just, you know, with with the 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 Hummer, the new Hummer, the electric Hummer, I think a, there's a big faction of our country that doesn't see efficiency as cool. 
and for sure without a doubt actively contrarian and wants to you know metaphorically or literally roll coal they want they want to be in as inefficient as possible because america and freedom and screw everybody else i got mine and i think that's sad i don't think that faction is as big as it used to be and there's been a lot of education you know even from when i ran diesel power magazine there's a lot of education about you know clean burning diesel, clean power, the fact that every time you have smoke come out, that's wasted horsepower. And I think the story isn't it's wasted efficiency. You tell them it's wasted power, right? Because that's well, ultimately You've been hanging out off. with Gail Banks. I think, I, I, I think not everybody <laughs> thinks like Gail. You know, I, I know that line of thought, and I agree with it. And Gail is a very smart guy. And if anybody is going to build an efficient diesel engine, it's him and his team. You know, but I don't – I, I and, and I'm not trying to – overgeneralize uh i i think that that faction is getting smaller but you know i i i see a lot of big diesel trucks around not towing nothing you know <laughs> um, yeah but some people just like the driving experience right what what's wrong with sitting up high and 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 feeling like you have a safe uh vehicle for your family and what if they do tow but they don't have enough money for two vehicles so that one tow vehicle that may only tow five or ten percent of the time is also the family hauler and that's why it's crew cab well then, I, everybody then right? I think it's the fault of the manufacturers for continuing to make those trucks bigger and bigger and bigger to where they now take up much more space in the in in smaller areas than than they need to and if you only ever are in a rural place and you never go into the city then ever you know ever fine but you know i see these trucks in the parking lots of of where i live too you know it's not it's not like these people don't ever come into smaller areas and take up an enormous amount of space that 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 is space that other people need to use also is there a truck that you've lusted after that you've always wanted and you haven't had? Um, well, I don't know about lusted after and, and, and couldn't have it or whatever, because I, I've, I've always thought, you know, there's stuff that I thought was cool. You know, I really, I really liked, uh, Marty McFly's truck from back to the future, the black Toyota. Everybody that loves really that. Cool. That's, that's, everyone loves iconic, that truck. Yeah. I always liked the, um, the, the GMC Typhoons, I mean, they're not good, but I thought they were cool. They're cool for their day. Um, yeah, you know. If you drive um, one today, they, they, they feel like the iron lump that they are, but back then yes, it was a, yeah. it was very cool. They were they were about attitude, you know, and that and that was cool. Four fifty four SS. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Um, and uh, and you know, um, my my manager's got this this lightning that's that's lightly modded and sounds pretty pretty bad. And and uh, I'll swap that for my lightning. Hey, how, good, dare nice <laughs> little, how dare you? It's a nice little rig. Yeah, I, I, I like that. Um, you know what? Oh, you know what I do like? I'll tell you what. I really like. Have you guys? Have either of you guys ever been to Iceland and seen the Arctic trucks? The Arctic trucks. Yeah, with the big forty uh, fours going over the uh, yeah crevasses. Yeah. Yes, I got to drive a. Um, What's the Hilux? What a Hilux, a Hilux with them, and it, I don't know if it was forty fours or forty ones, but they were big and they were meaty, and it was cool as hell. And the first person to set up, you know how like RWB, the Porsche shop, is like global now. They yeah, got, right. like, yep. Outposts. The first person to have an Arctic Trucks serve, you know, building build place here in uh, uh, in America is going to make a lot of money. So Arctic Trucks, the company that that builds those in uh, in Europe, you can actually buy a Nissan Navara with an mm-hmm. Ar- a Nissan Navara 
AT32, Arctic Trucks 32, and it's got 32-inch tires, but it has a little of that, that vibe and feeling. It's kind of like our Pro 4X well, that's here. just tiny by comparison. No, no, I get it. But what I'm saying is that they sort of have become like the AEV of Europe. Hmm. And But if, if they were to come here and open shop and then cater with those big tires and things like that for that look – Probably pretty uh, illegal on the road because they're so big. And it might tall, it might but... not be legal. Right, yeah, it might right. not be legal. But they don't. They well, are cool, cool as hell. Yeah. Cool as hell. And my favorite truck by far is not even really a truck. It's the Sherp. I love the Sherp. All right. Well, oh, the Sherp. Oh, I mean, we all agree with that. Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll give you the Sherp. We'll give you the Sherp. <laughs> the Sherp rules. I drove a Sherp and it was the coolest thing ever. It's like a, what a three cylinder diesel or something like that, and it just. I think it's I a four cylinder diesel. It's a okay. Kubota Kubota yeah. diesel. It's like a like a little tractor <laughs> it's like motor. A Ukrainian crazy anything. pod. Yeah. 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 They're just mm-hmm. unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I feel like we could spend hours with you, but we can't. So listen, let's give out your socials really quick. Where do you um, we can you can get the podcast everywhere? The Smoking Tire yep. podcast. The Smoking uh, Tire Podcast, get it where you get podcasts or at youtube.com slash the smoking tire podcast. Um, and I'm everything else. Uh, my car reviews are youtube.com slash the smoking tire. And my social is just at the smoking tire on all the major platforms. Awesome. Well, Matt, as I said at the beginning, we've we wanted to have you on the show for a long, long time. And we're both fans and follow what you do. So we appreciate you carving out some time for us. Well, thank you very much for the kind words, and I appreciate the opportunity, and uh, y'all drive safe out there. All right. Awesome. Thanks, Matt. Talk to you. All right. Bye. Thanks. Huh. So, um, A, I like Matt. Yeah, nice guy. Uh, B, B, he's incredibly articulate, great uh, writer. And opinionated, yeah. And opinionated. Uh-huh. And um, and we don't see eye to eye. I think that... Um, I think the same argument that he was making for the parking, you're taking up too much space... Is sort of a paper tiger because I think somebody could argue, well, your Countach has more emissions out the tailpipe than a modern diesel truck. So you're infringing on my ability to breathe or something, right? I think you, my, my point is you could pick any of those types of things to be angry about or you could just enjoy what you enjoy and, and embrace others who enjoy the car culture the way they want to enjoy it. All right? Am I wrong? No. I mean, I, his argument is um, shared among m- many. Yeah. Right, it, they don't. It's just the gluttonous American that eats too much and drinks too much. But and that was my point. Buys like, what he wants, and there's no consequences in the future. Yeah, but and, that's because he doesn't necessarily, you know. Now nah, I won't say that because maybe he does. I think maybe he's not taking into account, like I brought up in the interview, the fact that you may have one car for the family and has to do everything. That's why you have a crew cab. Your whole family fits in it. That's why you have tonneau cover. And guess what? Tows your trailer and. You know, your V8 has a four-cylinder mode on, you know, highway cruising and is way more efficient than, you know, even though it's bigger, it's way more efficient than a truck of, you know, 10 or 15 years ago. Uh, you know, I, I just think that— Didn't sound like he was against uh, just a Suburban that because it was physically large, you know, they had to take, a uh, you know, four kids to the softball practice. It's like, I, I think that— Wait, why would you say that? You're, you're projecting because a Suburban is the exact same footprint as a 1500 crew cab. It, okay, you're right. I am. I, it so, felt like he, he. I think he would say go to minivan, which is he mm. talked about his love of the minivan. Okay, good point. I think you're you're defending him, which is fine. I, no, I think, no, 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 no. I'm trying. I mean, trying to, what? I, no, I absolutely am not trying to defend. I'm him. glad he came on, and and I'm glad that he was unafraid to share his point of view. Much how Johnny is, right? Mm-hmm. Like I don't like Johnny any less because you know people on the show find him to be Johnny, right? I think Matt has some incredible knowledge. I think he has his point of view, and I like to share other people's point of view, whether I agree with it or not on the show. I mean, he, look, he's a great journalist. He knows displacements 
of of engines that I've never heard of. So I think it's he, he's fascinating to listen to. Um, and he's got some great side side chatter, you know, about all these lifestyle topics. So I, I do enjoy it. Uh, I wish we would have got a chance to talk about his uh, West Side car collector. Yeah, maybe storage. he'll come back on if he yeah. doesn't hear this part of the show. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, like, uh, so what? I don't know. What do you guys think? Let us let us know. Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. That's truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. I know we share a lot of listeners because you guys have told us, why don't you have Matt on the show? So there you go. We did. And uh, we hope he'll return. All right, Oman, I feel like uh, you've got 35 pages of truck news over there. You want to share some with us? Sure. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. Lifted, lowered, and everything in between. What's happening in the world of trucks? Ah! Yes! That was my present to you. By the way, happy birthday. That was my happy birthday present. I gave oh. you a Christmas present at the beginning. This is your that birthday was great. present. That was, that was great. What's it feel to be on the wrong side of 50? I mean, the other side of 50. You got some news over there? Hey, uh, check this out. I was really excited to see this hit my inbox. The No. Oh, yeah, oh, no, I have not heard. Did you hear? <laughs> oh, you, oh, I heard it? No! No, there I have not go. heard. Yeah. Uh, the Mega How Rex. How can we still be this rusty? Uh, because I, I got a bit... <laughs> Yeah. I've been flying all day. Everybody, mm. just so you know, I was in Detroit at 3.30 in the morning at the airport, West Coast time, and it's the evening now, and I flew all the way across the country. I've been in three states. Where were you? Uh, Detroit. Doing what? Can't tell you. And then- No, come on with the with the what? Come on. You have to tell us what the- Embargo. Is. We'll talk after the New Year. Hey, so anyway, and I'm doing the show, and I'm, I'm on fumes, but I'm going to do it because I love you guys. I love you dearly. Love you more than my own family right now because I should be with them. Okay. But I'm with Lightning. Hey, uh, this email hit my inbox. I got really excited. It's Meet the Mega Rex Mega Bronc. And they're the guys who do the Mega Rex uh, Raptors. So mm-hmm. basically, uh, Mega Rex Trucks is now basically taking. Now, Mega Rex, for those who can't recall, they were taking like a uh, Ford F 250 and making it look like a Raptor. A giant Raptor. But they're doing the suspension and right. big old... What would Matt think of that? Uh, he would not like that. <laughs> we, should have, we, have, we should have asked him. Head explosion. Yeah, I don't think he'd like that. Uh, I, I know the company just sold and was bought by a company called Osprey. Um, and so this is, I guess, the first truck that came out of it. And so I'm thinking, oh, man, this is going to be rad because it's clearly based on a Super Duty, but it has a Bronco grill on it. So Wait, I'm thinking it's what? like a new full-size Bronco. And then I saw it, and the sad trombone hit hard. Let me see. I'm, I, let me, I'll tell you what it is first, and okay. then I'll show you a photo. Because I right. want you to have the image. So I read the press release before I uh, saw the vehicle. I want you to have the same experience I did. Okay. Right? I'm so, ready to get hyped. Do so it. The F-250 Crew Cab Mega Bronc is suspended by a modest lift, uh, Icon 4.5. Uh, custom Mega Rex radius arms, King Reservoir shocks, additional Icon components. 4.5, by the way. Pretty big. Uh, the Mega Bronc doesn't ride on 46s like the Mega Raptor, but come on, it still has 40s. It sits on uh, satin black 20 by 12 MR605 methods, wrapped in 40 by 14.5 a Turo Trailblade MT tires. The huge tires require fenders, making the whole thing 8 inches wider than stock. And uh, you can clearly see the front fenders and bedsides are considerably wider. Uh, but the Mega Bronx seats seven, right? That's unusual for a pickup truck. Uh huh. Yes, it is, Lightning. Uh, but <laughs> it has a power folding third row seat in the bed positioned between a steel safety cage 
and the seats and cage fit under the removable fiberglass hardtop shell. So you're thinking your mind full-size Bronco or maybe like the Centurions of, of yore. Right. This is this is what you're getting. Yes. Maybe over here. Huh. So this truck that I'm looking at now is on the side is an F-250. In the back, it's a Raptor-ish F-250, kind of, sort of. But in the front, it's a really bad Lego it set gone awry. looks like a rhinoceros. That is one... The integration one of the Bronco grill is not great. Makes the Silverado grill from a, a year and a half ago look dreamy. Yeah, it's not my favorite. You look at how it's sort of not all oh, squared wow. in there, right? And it doesn't. They they what they did is they so you have the Bronco grill, but they had to make a new bumper yeah. and the new uh, the the but the bumper like the hood comes down and meet it all very strange. Yeah, and the fiberglass fit isn't great and not not their best work. You know, I I got a press release from them about two hours ago. Yeah, and it said we are deeply sorry. <laughs> Yeah. 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 Anyway, moving right along. Hey, Lightning, did you hear? No. I did not. So uh, the new Ford F-150 Lightning battery capacities have been revealed. Uh, according to uh, Motor Trend, there was a F-150 Gen 14 forum members uh, were able to uh, see some sort of report that was uh, or document that was online. The standard range battery, which Ford claims will deliver 230 miles of range, will have 98 kilowatts of usable capacity. And then the F-150 Lightning's extended range battery nets you 300 miles range from 131 kilowatt of usable capacity, which is sort of middling. Uh, for example, a Tesla Model S, you can get the 100 kilowatt, but the Hummer EV has up to 200 kilowatts. So uh, there's somewhere in the, uh, in the middle there. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what the range actually ends up being. Uh, the Rivian R1T, for example, has a 135-kilowatt battery pack for their 300 miles range. Which, by the way, I just, I've seen two on the road yep. already. So they're starting what to get out the there. What And so I was with my kid, and I go, that's Rivian. And so roll down yep. the window, and my boy, my, my boy Gavin leans out with a big old, like, thumbs up, and yep. the guy flashes light on. Uh, I flash lights so out. Was, I had was a cool. different experience. My, uh, my kid was with her mom, my oldest, and takes a picture and goes, hey, dad. Outside of our house, there's a Rivian stuck in the middle of the road, and it has its flashers on, and they just put a car cover on it while they wait for the tow truck. Oh, no. And I was like, oh, <laughs> oops. In front of your house? Uh, her, her mom's house. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is just a mile away from my house. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so uh, the the upgrade pack on the Rivian is 180 kilowatts, so you can see how it sounds like the F-150 Lightning might be a little mm. little light on uh, on kilowatt hours. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see if they're they can add more, if it's expandable, if this you know Ford's notorious for coming out with kind of specs and and then the production version comes out and they sprinkle Difference. some you know data dust on it and the specs get better. Uh, so we'll see if they're hedging their bets a little bit or if that's the uh, the actual numbers. It'll be interesting to find out. Okay. Hey, Lightning, did you hear? No. No, I did not. So uh, the 2022 Chevrolet Silverado ZR2, which I saw and was really impressed with. Uh, haven't driven it yet, but uh, has the Multimatics, has 33s. It's more akin to like a TRD Pro than a TRX and a Raptor. Okay. Um, but f- from everything that I could see, like really, really well done. Um, Same bodywork as the current or no? Oh, uh, yeah. We've talked about it. The It's the 2022 update. Yeah, but I don't remember, what, I don't remember what you the, say. <laughs> <laughs> it's the 2022 update, so it gets the, the freshened grill and all that kind of stuff and the beautiful new interior. Uh, GM Authority published a report saying it'll cost more than a Ford Raptor base price. 
at $65,840. So what? According to their undisclosed sources what? close to the brand, the revamped ZR2 pickup will have a starting price of $66,795. And the Raptor again, $65,840. What? That sounds a little insane, right? I'm... I'm now, perplexed. Now we haven't driven it yet, so yeah. it's hard to say what the, you know, the, the maybe it is as good as a Raptor 35, you know, base model. I don't know, but it just seems like, hmm, I I can't wrap my head around hmm. that price. And remember that the ZR2 has the 6.2 liter V8 with 420 horsepower and 460 pound feet of torque, whereas the F-150 Raptor has the twin-turbo 3.5-liter EcoBoost with 450 horsepower, 510 pound-feet of torque. That's an extra 30 horsepower and 50 pound-feet over the ZR2. So... How are they justifying that? Well, I mean, we're, we don't know if that's the price. Okay. This is another leaked document ah, online. Ah, gotcha. Truck rides on 33-inch tires. It's 11.2 inches of ground clearance. It has trailer, weight, uh, trailer towing capacity of 8,000 pounds. A fourteen hundred and forty pound maximum payload. Um, so anyway, the uh, the truck off road wars are are heating up. I love the Multimatics on the ZR2. Um, the guys over there, Multimatic with their spool valve shocks, have some amazing technology. I can't wait to feel it in the full size truck mm-hmm. because with more stroke, uh, I think they're going to be able to get some more performance out of there. And uh, overall, I am uh, this this one I'm actually pretty excited about. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I am. Hey, Lightning, did you hear? How about no? I did not. Uh, Rivian is adding a second plant in Georgia, expanding their factory footprint beyond uh, the normal Illinois plant. Are they making car covers uh, to cover the vehicles that don't start in front ouch. of your house? Easy, easy. Uh, Rivian will spend $5 billion to build a second assembly Ooh. plant in Georgia. Mm. That's a lot of bread. Construction of the new plant, which will be located about 30 miles east of Atlanta, begins in summer of 2022 with the goal of building the first saleable vehicles in 2024. Uh, the workforce of about 7,500 people will build- Wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. Yes. I'm seeing several on the road, and you're saying they're not going to be on sale until 24? No, no. The second plant will build vehicles that will oh, go on sale in 24. got it. This okay. is the second plant. There's got another it. plant. No, I understand Currently that. building vehicles okay, that you it. can buy. Okay. All okay. right. Woo. The workforce of 7,500 people will build uh, future products, including the uh, Rivian Brands R2 lineup of smaller electric vehicles, as well as the rumored uh, Wrangler Fighter SUV that Rivian is planning mm. uh, that uh, keeps uh, sort of uh, being out there in the ether. That should be kind of interesting. Uh, this plant will have the capacity to build 400,000 vehicles a year. And Rivian will add battery cell production to the site uh, after vehicle assembly begins. Meanwhile, uh, the Rivian plant that currently exists in normal Illinois is trying to ramp up to meet demand. There's 71,000 pre-orders for the R1. Capacity in normal is 150,000 vehicles a year. That should tell you just how big the Georgia plant is if they're aiming for 400,000. And Rivian's working to increase the current plant to 200,000 vehicles by 2023. But do you think Rivian looks to the Ford F-150 Lightning and goes, wow, wish we could have those pre-orders? I mean, uh, no, I think they have everything that they can handle right now. Oh, really? I think uh, I think they're probably pretty happy with what they and Ford's an investor in them too. So you know, it's it's all. I think it's all fine. Okay. Uh, Rivian's built 652 R1s so far of the R1Ts. Uh, 386 have been delivered to customers. Most of them are customers who have never owned an electric vehicle before. They think that because of supply chain constraints, they'll end up uh, at the end of the year with uh, just short of their 1,200 vehicle target. So obviously, they're kind of in the soft launch phase, and they'll really get cracking in uh, in 22. 
story in Motor Trend uh, says, additionally, the EDV 700 commercial vehicle, which is the Amazon Prime delivery vans, uh, have received final certification, which means uh, Rivian will start being able to fulfill the Amazon orders for 100,000 electric delivery vans, which you'll see in your neighborhood soon. If you've ever seen a photo of them, they're kind of like cute puppy dog looking things. Those are built on that same Rivian skateboard chassis. Of course, Amazon's also an investor in Rivian. Rivian's going to have to step up if they're going to be anything like Amazon. They're going to have to deliver a truck the same day you order it. <laughs> is, is that happening? Yes, it's got to happen. I don't know if that's yeah, true. Yeah. Rivian went public in November, raised $13.7 billion. That's Nothing. like 13 new NFL stadiums. I mean, dude, that's one of our commercials. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I know what you're saying. <laughs> I'm picking up what you're, uh, what you're putting down. That's a lot of bread. Hey, uh, Lightning, did you hear? No! I did not. Uh, yes, you did. You were talking about it earlier. Oh. New EPA emission rules want 28% less oh. CO2 by 2026 and more EV sales. Uh, ah! Yeah. Say it again. Say that, say, say that slower. So, let, let it so sink in. The EPA is, has finalized emission rules under Biden, and it'll take effect for cars uh, model years 23 through 26. Go, Brandon. <laughs> uh, long story short, the uh, EPA final rule is even stricter than what they proposed in the initial rulemaking stage in August 21. What? Surprise! No! <laughs> and? Uh, by the numbers, the EPA uh, wants fleet-wide average of about 40 miles per gallon in 2026. In comparison, the August proposal required 38 miles per gallon, while the Trump administration only required 32 miles per gallon. Trump rolled back the annual efficiency increase to 1.5%. The new one brings it to 5%, which is uh, where it was at under Obama's time. Uh, I wonder what changes in the <clears throat> next election. The final standard... Should be around 28.3% combined CO2 emissions reduction through 2026, which is a significant jump from the previous 7.4% projected reduction under the uh, SAFE, S-A-F-E, rule standards. So it would be interesting to see how this is going to affect uh, what we love. I know that the EPA says American drivers will save, uh, <laughs> I love this, uh, through 2050. 210 to 420 billion dollars. Just save somewhere in there. Like, You're a lying sack of <laughs> shit. A pretty, that's a pretty wide uh -huh. deal, right? By the model year of 2026, 17% uh, increase in EV sales, along with uh, more advanced gasoline engine and vehicle technologies than available today, is what they're aiming for. And uh, the bipartisan infrastructure law, so if you remember, that recently got passed. Uh, 7.5 billion is allocated for EV charging and related programs. And they want to have uh, half a million uh, public charging stations by 2030. So $7 billion is set aside for investment in battery manufacturing, materials, recycling, all that kind of stuff. Our government is looking at the internal combustion engine and saying, You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. Over. Yeah, and every four years that changes. So I'm bit. not going to worry about bit. it too much yeah. right now. Uh, I do... Know that uh, Biden had an executive order requiring 50% uh, of new car sales by 2030 should either be uh, plug-in hybrid or EV. The plug-in hybrid stuff that's out right now is 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 quite good. The uh, 4xe Jeep uh, Wrangler is a, an example of a uh, enthusiast vehicle that I think works really well with a plug-in hybrid. So we'll be it'll be interesting to see what technologies and and it's going to be a tapestry. But you know, as I said earlier, I really think that you know. Uh, the electric movement is is trading one set of problems for a different set of problems, 
and that there's going to be a lot of different technologies. I think we're at a very transitional stage. So I'm not going to freak out over is what I'm saying. Interesting podcast. Uh, did I talk about this before on NPR? Mm-mm. How they are. It's a, it's a woman, a great journalist, and she is following uh, to try to find out what will happen to the earth when we mine the crap out of it. Yeah. Where's all the lithium coming from? Yep. And, and by the way, you know what is required to pull the lithium out of the ground? Diesel. Big old diesel, diesel tractors, tractors and, and whatnot. And yeah. bulldozers. It's and wild. So listen to this. Dump trucks. She found out that much of the Southwest lithium supply yeah. sits on whose land? Indian land. Indian land. Yep. 100%. <laughs> And, and lithium around the world is is uh, a lot of it's mined in war torn countries, right? It's, it's it's places that have uh, unfortunately a really unstable government or war torn or first world, and so you know, uh, like Matt said earlier in the podcast, you're basically taking our problems and throwing them on people you can't see anymore. So I, I like I said. I don't hate EV. In fact, you've heard me in this podcast experience EV recently, and I've been excited about all the things I've seen and touched and driven and all that kind of stuff. And I think it's an exciting time. I think new technology is always exciting, but you're not going to yank, you know, my my V8 out of my hands or or you know my 42 GPW out of my hands or any of that. I although they they're going to try. I think it's going to be interesting. We'll we'll see what happens. By the way, uh, in April, my GPW turns 80. Oh my God! <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's amazing when you crawl under it and you see some of the things that are recognizable. It would be awesome if you found like an eighty year old spider, dude. I have. Yeah, <laughs> I, I found a lizard skin. Did you really? Yeah, I also found a smushed baby mouse. Do you know you can car- totally dried out? How much would it cost? And I have no idea. Yeah. How much would it cost to carbon date that lizard skin? <laughs> It's no organic. You could you could date it. Sure. I don't want to date it. I I like my wife just fine. <laughs> I'm, you know. Hey, um, it's but when you crawl under it, you look at the drum brakes. It's like just like a Toyota Tacoma today <laughs> in the rear axle. Thank you. Good night. Tip your waitress. Thank you. But uh, you know, it's you sit in it. and It's just amazing. Like it has a steering wheel. And it has pedals, and you shift it. You know, and there's just go slow. It's, it's no. I got a V6 swap in it. Oh, that's right. Yeah. It, so it, it actually, goes. Less slow. Medium-ish. Right. Anyway, it's going to be 80. That's just sort of one of those things where it's like, well, Are you cool. going to uh, let it blow out candles with the exhaust pipe? <laughs> that would be a funny TikTok video, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. If only we were on TikTok. Mm-hmm. We are not. We should be. That's where the kids are these days. Is that where the kids are these uh-huh. days? Are no, you, you sure? know what's crazy is that's where the like 40-year-old dudes are these days. On TikTok? Yeah. 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 Not, not me. Not yeah. this 40-year-old dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, hey, so I just posted my uh, my I first. Have, I have not heard. Oh man. Oh no. I have not heard. Thanks for right, asking. You're welcome. All right, so uh, I just posted my very first uh, quarterly report of uh, the Ram TRX Long Termer. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait, I got to stop you. Where can I read this? Uh, on uh, MotorTrend.com under the uh, four wheeler heading, and then into trucks okay. for reviews. Okay. Thirty five hundred miles. I did. Towing with it, I did uh, Vegas runs with it. You I towed your GPW, right? I did. And yeah. uh, what do you think my average mile per gallon was for that period? I have a feeling that the and I don't know this, but I'm going to guess that the TRX is one of those vehicles that is not really affected by what it tows. Okay, it gets what twelve to fourteen at best. I'm going to say that your average was ten point five, ten point seven five, uh, ten point two one. Oh well. That's my worst tank. <laughs> oh, your worst tank. Yep. Were you in the desert? Can I? I just need. To I, I don't even remember. Oh, you don't know. I just. Oh, then it, it's got to be six and a half. Uh, eight point eight nine. Oh, so better. Yeah. And my best tank. Your best tank is cruising on your one of your recent trips at. I'm going to say you got fourteen and a half. 
12.74. No. No. <laughs> yeah, no. but you got to remember, it's, it's this is, these are breaking miles. This is the first 3,500 miles. So I think it's gotten better since then. You drive harder than most people I know. Okay. So I'm hoping that the average TRX owner will not see the, that mileage. Hmm. Uh-huh. Why are you hoping that, Lightning? Because I might know someone who is interested in getting one mm-hmm. soon. Ordered one? Maybe. Hey, um, so, <laughs> so here are my logbook quotes. Uh, the exhaust of the TRX is like a snarling guard dog that's doing its best to ward off the impending future that can make the TRX the last of the breed. Oh, I love that. You like that? Yeah. The sound on cold starts incredible, unless you are a neighbor and I'm leaving at 5.30 in the morning. <laughs> the thing is so in its element in fast desert washes, it's sublime automotive zen in that exact moment when you want to punch the throttle and the TRX simultaneously leaps ahead while pitching sideways as the exhaust fights to overpower the supercharger whine, there isn't anything like it. I'm excited for you. And my last <laughs> logbook quote, I don't care what Matt Ferris says. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, anyway, so if you, if you want to check that out, um, Lightning, did you hear? What? No. I did not. According to uh, GM Authority, millennials apparently buying more pickup trucks than any other generation. Huh. I thought millennials were the ones that didn't want to drive. Didn't want to drive at all. And now it's uh, one of the most popular segments for vehicle drivers. And uh, Oh, you know why they found overlanding? Because it's uh, cool uh, and hip. That might be and, part yeah, of it. That's exactly what it is. So uh, it says the generation be- born between 1980 and 2000 is the number one demographic purchasing all those pickups. They matured. They realized that being a city dweller blows. They want to get out <laughs> of town. Get they out need of a town. truck. Yeah, they need, a, they need an implement that will get them out of the city. So you know what? I'm, I'm going to add newfound respect to uh, the millennials who are out there owning pickup trucks and, uh, and keeping now, our love alive. Now, does this make them less lazy? <laughs> I don't know no? if it does or not. Oh. I mean, they can't be too lazy if they're buying a pickup truck. I don't know. They're, maybe they just – did they go to their boss and with their entitled self and say, I need a company vehicle and make it a Toyota Tacoma? <laughs> Yes, that's exactly what that's they, they did. did. Okay, yeah, they went in, in uh-huh. their entitled ways, and, and then uh, they, and then they went into the break room and napped in their in their in their pod. Hey, Lightning, <laughs> did you hear? I mean, no, no, I did not. About the Colorado truck driver who got a 110 year prison sentence from an accident, and now truckers are basically boycotting bringing any freight in and out of Colorado. No, yeah. I actually did not hear about this. So, Am I the only person that doesn't know the story? So back in uh, April of 2019, Rogel Aguilera Medeiros was in a major accident on I-70. That was worse than that. Okay. This 26-year-old was driving the semi-truck, brakes went out, and plowed into a bunch of uh, vehicles. Uh, there was, I guess, a tanker truck that blew up. Four people died. Um, and uh, he was recently convicted on 27 counts for a total sentence of 110 years in prison. Uh, he's come out and said, I'm not a murderer. It's the furthest thing I would do. I guess he had a clean record, nothing about it. The uh, I guess the jury said that he chose his own life over the people on the road because he had an opportunity to use the, the you know runaway truck ramp. Yeah. And he said he was just busy concentrating on missing vehicles and trying to downshift that he wasn't able to pull off. And so they convicted him. Well, was he uh, on I seventy? Uh, on I seventy, yeah. And so apparently, all these uh, people have petitioned. There's something like I don't know four and a half million signatures now that are that are petitioning the state to give him a more lenient sentence. Be- and all these truckers are like, we just won't bring goods into Colorado. So uh, hopefully, in the beginning of the year, they'll relook at that. But un- it was unfortunate that people lost their lives. But you have to look at it at the other end. You know, the the guys. 
I, I don't think it's criminal if he's trying to control the truck and the brakes went out. You know, I think it's if anything, it should probably be on the you know the maintenance of the vehicle or something like that. But just a, a, a bad situation all the way around. And, and so he was downshifting as as best he could, and it just how does the truck? The Forgive brakes, me. The brakes my... failed. No, 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 no. I know that part. But and, it, and once your engine's revving, you can't down. You can't grab the next gear. Oh, you can't go down. It's so just, he's it's, just he's trying to steer, out. and you know, oh, it, it missed the runaway truck ramp, and you know, uh, there's a bunch of vehicles on the freeway that were stopped for another accident, and just kind of plowed into them all, and it was oh, like a horrible. Okay, I I, I feel uh, pretty uh, pretty awful for the uh, for the guy, um, you know, young guy just starting out his career, and how would you feel if one of your family members were killed in uh, one of those cars? I mean, horrible. But at the other side of it is, you know. If it's an accident and it's not malicious, it's a mechanical failure, I'd be hard-pressed to want to send a guy away for 110 years because he lost control of the vehicle. He wasn't drunk. He wasn't, you know, uh, I don't think he was speeding. I think, well, I mean, obviously at the time of crash he was, but it wasn't like he was driving recklessly. The the truck had a mechanical failure, and and so now you can see why so many truckers are disappointed uh, at the verdict and the sentencing. So um, it looks like... There's been, as of today, there is some uh, stuff in the news where the judge said, I don't like giving you the sentence, but I, I have to because of the minimum standards uh, of sentencing. But it looks like uh, the petition to the DA's office and maybe even to the governor, there's starting to be some, you know, some feedback that maybe in this, I don't want to say special case, but this is just such an unprecedented situation that they may take another look at it. So, Were, were they expecting him or... or, or- I wonder if they're trying to make the case that he should have just put himself off the guardrail into the canyon. Yeah, I think I think that's that's probably part of it. I didn't follow the trial. I didn't know about it until everything was you know mm. coming up with all these truckers, and then I kind of read up on it. But yeah, I think part of the deal was he he chose you know uh, to hit a bunch of cars rather than killing himself. I guess coming off the road. I mean that's a that's a hard one for anyone to deal with if they have been in you know the situation. As of today, I'm looking at it right now, uh, they've submitted an application for clemency with the uh, Democratic governor, um, Jared Polis, uh, and the Colorado prosecutor is actually asking the court to reconsider the 110-year sentence. So um, we'll see what happens. You know, I, I, I just, again, this I, we, I know I got a lot of truck drivers who listen to the show, and I, I'm guessing they probably have some thoughts on it. Too, I feel like there's probably more to the story than we know. No, I, there, there always is. So anyway, well, just one of those uh, one of those things that when you hear about it, it's 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 a bummer. Dang, you're just a Debbie Downer on this show. Yeah, I think I'm gonna end the news on that note too. No, don't. You gotta have something better. All right, uh, Ram. No, God, please, no, no. No, I did not. Well, you might not be that uh, negative when you hear that uh, Ram has uh, partnered up with uh, I guess it's Luchis Cowboy Boots. To honor the craftsmanship of the luxurious 2021 Ram 1500 Limited Longhorn 10th Anniversary Edition truck. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so uh, they are making a special Ram boot to uh, honor the uh, 10th anniversary of the uh, Longhorn Edition. And the results are a product that's uh, much richer than simply throwing leather seats into an interior or slapping together some brown cowboy boots. So Yeah, buddy. Uh, from the warm tones of the mountain brown leather trim saddle-like seats and the intricate laser filigree suede door bolster details of the upscale Ram to the exact placement of the Ram and Luchis logos on the boots, no, nothing of the design is on accident. And each pair of these boots go through 120 different pairs of hands during the process. And, uh, and the Ram's interior is a culmination of hundreds of minute decisions to bring out that cowboy quality. So this is very Carhartt-esque, meaning that... 
Well, I think lots of you brands know, are partnering with lifestyle but not, brands. I don't recall automotive brands. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be wrong, but I want you to correct me. But I don't recall automotive brands teaming up with apparel companies. Uh, Carhartt? No, no. no I'm, Chevy? I know uh, that. Bass Pro Shops? Uh, Super Duty? Okay. Let's lifestyle go, brands. Okay. Let's go back 10 years. I don't recall anything growing up where there was because to me Harley the, Davidson and Ford F one fifty. Harley, no, no, apparel the, brands. You don't think Harley Davidson is an apparel brand? Okay, but that uh, they were they were no no. I don't think that that's what they were doing with that. A hundred percent, that's what they were doing. Apparel, with that. yes. No, there was Harley Davidson the motorcycle and guys right have and that wh- truck and have the bike. Right, and where, what are all the accessories you buy with that bike? Okay, all right, and right. And, and you don't think I'm the stitching like, on the seats and the little the little logos on that were the same things that you could buy at the Harley dealership? I think that's that's tangential. I, I'm looking at like Louis Vuitton or okay, Gucci or okay, something like that. Okay, how how about the how about the Fiat 500 Gucci edition? Okay, that's recent though, isn't it? That is recent. So I feel again, you're backing up my point. Until, how am I backing up your point? No, I'm saying until recently, this is like a new thing. That's what I'm saying. Maybe I articulated it. I didn't articulate it. What I'm saying is <laughs> it's a recent thing, right? It's like all the Supreme where the Supreme teamed up with all these other companies and made like, uh, you know, uh, streetwear with all these other brands. Supreme and Louis Vuitton. You're, you're, with, you're looking, other, whatever. You're looking but, at it as apparel. I'm looking at it co-branding period. But I'm, no, I'm specifically talking about apparel. All right. Well, I I'm think still this, going with Gucci and Harley Davidson. Okay. I'm in the and Bass Pro Shop. In the 70s, 80s, or How 90s, about Realtree? You're going to say that Realtree camo isn't apparel? Again, in the last decade. So this Real is tree. something new. This is something new. And, and this is something new. It didn't have, like, I'm, I'm happy to see it. I'd like it. I think it's cool. I'm just saying, hey, Holman, this is kind of interesting. They're all, it's all happening now. In the 80s, this didn't happen. Well, in the 80s, lots of cool things didn't happen, unless you're on the smack. <laughs> All right. Uh, if you want the men's tooled Western boot, it'll set you back uh, twenty four hundred and ninety five bucks for a pair. Say what? The men's Cayman Horseman boot nine ninety five MSRP. The men's Ostrich Horseman boot seven forty five MSRP. The ladies Giant Gator Western boot thirteen ninety five. And ladies Horseman boot six ninety five. All available for pre order now, and. Uh, for those not feeling in the uh, the cowboy spirit, Ram also uh, teamed up with Wolverine work boots, so right. you can check out uh, that collection as well. All right, Wolverine work boots, and uh, the first Hummer EV pickup being built at Factory Zero rolled off the assembly line. The end. Did you know? Did you hear? No, no, I did not. All right, well, let's uh, get into some inbox. You email, yeah, I email. What a bunch of freaking goofballs we are. All right, uh, let's see. You want to start or do you want me to read? All right, thank you. Subject line from Rich Humphreys. Hey, Lightning and Holman, that's for you, Lightning. So thank you for uh, seeing because Lightning. No, 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 it's good because it's uh, Lightning comes first. So I'm saying thank you because I was in the market for tires this year. Living in Ontario, uh, and I assume he means Canada and not Ontario, California, where it's a million degrees. Um, I needed a good all-around tire for snow. Thinking back to all the times you've talked about tires and types you've preferred. Uh, One time, 
came to mind shortly after Holman got his JL and was coming back from Colorado. I picked the, what do you think he picked? Guess. Uh, well, if you're talking about mine, it's probably a BFG uh, KO2. That is correct. KO2. I can't say enough about them. I drive my truck seven tenths. I look forward to the podcast <laughs> every Monday as I drive a truck. Uh, and it says hashtag the G is silent. Fittigans, yeah, buddy. By the way, it's the hashtag the jizzling. Yeah, buddy. And that is from Rich. Thank you for the uh, the kind email there, buddy. Got this one from uh, Brandon Naves, who uh, currently is in possession of my GPW. I think we questioned his life choices, so he emailed <laughs> us and said, I'm very happy with my life choices. Thank you. And yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. Oh, that was it? I thought yep. there was going to be more. No, he was uh, saying that uh, he's he's fine with oh. the choices he's made that has a 79-year-old flat fender sitting in his house. Soon to be 80-year-old. Soon to be 80. With a- uh, Octogenarian? Is that what that is? Octogenarian? I think I... it's an octogenarian. Huh. Yeah. Sounds old. Yeah. This is from Keaton. Subject line is Cali Ban. How many people use these in Cali? <laughs> and it's a big old photograph of a gas generator. Yeah. Apparently, uh, our uh, lovely uh, governor, who's an idiot, uh, decided to uh, ban those. So I'm pretty sure the RV community is going to be like, um... So this is banning the future sale of them? Or like you can't use your existing Yeah, one? I don't know. I was so upset about reading one more idiotic ban on something that I just- Because I have Because I think they meant it for like more like leaf blowers and things like that, except the way it's written is it's like generators. It's insane. It's freaking insane. I have two really sweet Honda U2000s. Great, which, great unit. Oh my God. I love those things so much. They're going to pry a generator out of my co-dads. So I think it's the uh, the ruling bans the sale of gas-powered leaf blowers and lawnmowers in the uh, state beginning in 2024. says here, uh, California but, Air Resource Board, CARB, has passed a regulation aimed at small off-road well, engines so on what Thursday. I gonna, what I was going to say, portable generators will be required to meet more stringent uh, standards in 2024 and meet zero emissions in 2028. So does that mean that you have to bring a fuel cell with you or something? How does that even work? How do you create electricity? I mean, you can't. You can't. Yeah, it's just somebody. But, but, but. I know solar. <laughs> I mean, so I mean, it's going to be solar. But then you know, solar does not. Yeah, because it works all night. It's right, great right, at night. No, right, it's exactly. perfect. Solar's the the right answer. And so more batteries where you have mm-hmm. to dig up more lithium. And I, mm-hmm. like I said, listen, I don't hate it. I just hate that it's being legislated. Like, why can't we just do something where it's the right thing to do and let the consumer decide? If the technology is good enough, the consumers will self solve that problem for you. The more you force it down people's throats. Uh, anyway. All right, uh, this one from uh, Jordan Scott, who's our in-house uh, motor train guy, works on uh, Hot Rod, and uh, a longtime listener. He says, Hot Rod is the oldest. I think we were talking about, I think I said motor train, then Hot Rod, then four-wheeler. Uh, but I forgot Hot Rod is actually the uh, the oldest. He says, hey, guys, listening to episode 206. Great story about the Mint, Jay. I can officially call you that now because of my forced introduction at SEMA. Thanks for being really cool about it. Is it weird? I kind of want someone from the Hall family to pee on me now. Anyway, Sean. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you were wrong about the ages of Hot Rod Motor Trend 2. Boo him, Jay. Boo! Uh, the first issues, respectively, were January 1948 for Hot Rod and September 1949 for Motor Trend. Hot Rod is celebrating 74 years in January, and hopefully we have another party with uh, in and out like we did for the 70th at Pomona Fairplex in Pampas, California. Freiberger gave me a good-natured new guy grilling on the last day of Drag Week, and that was one of the trivia questions I got right. Guys, we've been on this journey with you for a while, for what, like three years now? And every show just gets better and better. Keep the suckage coming. I agree. The video podcast would be cool. OG Emmy, yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. Mounted parameters. Mounted, monitor, key, and 
five star. Because that's what the lady sounds like. You can do it, Holman. Five star review. Five stars. No, the one where I have to oh, jump in. You want the singing. Five stars. Five stars. Five stars. Five stars. Five. 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 Stars. Five stars. Right back at you, brother. Ah, damn it. <laughs> one, more, one more time. One more time. One more time. Damn it. Five stars. Five stars. Five stars. Five stars. Five. 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 Stars. Five stars. Right back at you, brother. <laughs> All right. Uh, and a uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, oh, okay. Thanks for watching, Jordan Scott. Thanks for watching, and remember, everything matters. He knows all of our freaking drops. I told you, he's a long-time listener. (laughs) Those are losers, baby. You don't want nothing to do with those. No, you don't want to be associated with us. Yeah. Uh, Sixo Diesel and guest suggestions. Subject line from Mr. Dakota Black. Has he written us before? (laughs) Every week, sometimes multiple times. <laughs> How's the Dr. Pepper treating you over there? Uh, I just pulled out of the freezer. Uh huh. This has got little ice crystals in it. Oh, that's the best. Oh, it's it's but it's like a it's like a slushy now. Uh huh. And it's just perfect. And I realized this is the last truck show Dr. Pepper I'm going to have for 2021. Well, I'll, I'll listen to the uh, to the slurp. Go ahead. Hold on. Here we go. God, so good. Dude, he held back a burp. He didn't yeah. want to burp. Like no, it was coming up too fast. It oh, wasn't, it, was it? Not quite my nose, but. You turned red right there. Oh, yeah, geez. I was trying not to uh, choke to death. Oh, my God. Hey, Lightning at Home, uh, thanks for reading my email about the EPA stopping by. Again, uh, nothing was deleted by the shop. Oh, so we got a recap. Yep. Dakota Black, I think, works at a shop. I forget, are they in Texas? I think they're in Texas, right? Sure. And uh, the EPA stopped by and said, hey, there's a deleted truck here. Uh, that's not okay. And if you guys are doing that, we're, we're going to make a return visit. And that's kind of all we know about the situ- situation so far. Uh, and he says, again, nothing was deleted by the shop. And oddly enough, the EPA, uh, the representative that stopped by was very easy to work with and helpful. They always are. In the beginning. They always are. It doesn't always stay that way. Uh, regardless, it is scary to have them stop by um, in uh, just considering that so many trucks have been sent to Mexico in our area. And he has sent to Mexico in, in, in quotes. Now, what it's so funny. So I heard you guys read the email while I was slamming my sister's 2006 F350 60 power stroke back together. She had the oil cooler go out on her, and uh, it's been a little while. It's been my side project in the shop whenever I've got a free hour or two. Finally putting the engine back together, and I went ahead and installed the head studs, new oil cooler, new H-pop, new injectors, and all the little things that go along with that. She just had a baby and hoping to have it ready and reliable for her to take and my new godson all over Tarnation. I've recently really gotten into Vice Grip Garage on YouTube and can't help but feel he would be an awesome guest on the show. Have we ever heard of Vice Grip Garage? Holman? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think that's uh, negatory, my friend. Um, so he would be an awesome guest, and he also noticed that he recently hit a million subscribers and did a giveaway. Our good buddy Ben from 406 Garage actually entered the contest. Fun to see how connected this truck community really is. Derek on the show recently ended up with a diesel scout, and that's how I discovered him uh, with my Nissan diesel collection. LOL. Thanks for an awesome last episode with Lightning's off-road racing experience. Five stars all the way, boys. Congratulations. You have earned five stars. 
All right, I got one here from uh, Austin Browns. It's uh, entitled Nissan Frontier. He says, hey, Lightning and Holman, long-time listener, first-time caller or writer. I've been listening. Do you, do you want to do? Long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> okay, thank you, Tom Likas. Uh-huh. I've been listening. Tom Likas, KFI AM uh, 640. Flash right, everybody. Shoshirak. <laughs> he done? I've been listening to your show for about a year now, and I'm just about caught up. It's kind of depressing listening to the show while I'm at my boring job. What? Why would it be? Why are we depressing? We're uplifting. We're like a a flower. Oh, he says, I wish I could have time, space, and the money to build a cool truck. He Uh. says, I've been waiting for the tow episode episode ever since you guys talked about doing one. I was looking at campers and want to hear some tips about towing large trailers, but maybe someday it'll happen. I'm going to say 2022. That's going to be my uh, my prediction on that. Uh, but I wanted to share a picture of the 26-foot Jayco camper we got. And yes, I towed it with my 2015 Nissan Frontier that I towed in a snowstorm. Oh, and did you know the Titan tow mirrors will fit on a Frontier? If you look closely, I got them on there. I also tow a 1972 19-footer Crestline for big water. And the last picture is with our 1985 Coleman pop-up and four-wheeler in the five-foot bed. Yeah, buddy. Mike Finnegan. Yeah, buddy. I'd really like to get a Titan uh, thanks to you guys, but only if they fix the flimsy fuel door. Okay. I'm not going to leave you a five-star. I'm going to leave you with the number one podcast. That's Austin from northern Minnesota, and he sent us a bunch of pictures of his uh, little frontier doing all the work, which is pretty cool. Meat Mountain? <laughs> Subject line from Trevor. Uh, so right before the whole damn world shut down, you two goons were talking about a road trip in a Nissan and asked for good local suggestions of restaurants. My offer still stands on my Mexican Meat Mountain spot up here in San Jose. Let me know if you guys want to come up and indulge. Bring an appetite. Oh, P.S. I'm watching leg three of the R1T video, and Holman actually looks like a buff MMA fighter sitting in a, in that chair. <laughs> I don't know about that. I'm like, hey, could you put the uh, camera above my gut? Zoom in, please. Uh, I was also fighting like laryngitis from being on the trail for nine days and breathing dust. I'm like, yeah, I like the R1T. Yeah, lot. you were super hoarse. <laughs> yeah. By the way, can we go to Meat Mountain? We can do it anyway. We don't need to be on a special trip. You know what? I'm always at Meat Mountain. That's what she said. That's not what I heard. Uh, when will it stop? Did you have a Greg conversation Schultz? with my wife? Good afternoon, Lightning and Holman. Actually, she did text me the other day. Oh, no, no. Why? Anyway, uh, good afternoon, Lightning and Holman. I'm Does she ad- want Meat Mountain? <laughs> <laughs> I'm an avid listener and usually call the hotline and heard you play a few of my messages. Thanks, guys. Your interaction with the fans proves why this is the best podcast out there. I figured I would write my first email since I'm currently in my daughter's room trying to get her to fall asleep for the night and want to keep the noise down. I'm scrolling through what has become the epicenter of terrible news for anything automotive. Facebook. I'm seriously considering ridding myself of all social media since it seems to be overrun by a certain political agenda. I just saw where someone mentioned that Newsom is banning two-stroke engines on public lands by 2022. What's next? ATVs and side-by-sides and trucks and anything with any sort of an engine? It's madness! Why is there such a big push to get rid of every motorsport? I'm in Pennsylvania, but I can see how the ripple effect will eventually work its way over to the East Coast, and that terrifies me. I absolutely can't stand how, now more than ever, EV craft is shoved down our throats but will not even recognize anything about how Porsche is making synthetic fuels or how renewable diesel has already hit the pumps. Mention about how dirty the energy source for the charging infrastructure, how hard it is to mine rare earth minerals for the batteries, and you'll be canceled from social media. Ah, but not this podcast. Uh, Sorry for the rant, but I had to write it out. LOL, I'm pro-internal combustion engine and believe the renewable fuels will be way better for the environment and sustainability than EVs for a long time. Plus, like Gail said, EVs don't have a soul. I also like the stuff that goes bang. Could we have a renewable fuel episode so we can look forward to being able to keep our fuel burning trucks? I'd love to hear the opinion of someone that is working on these fuels and the future of ICE. Stay well and thank you for the amazing 
amazing content and audio quality. Well, except for that one episode. Much love from the East Coast, and that's Greg Schultz. And I actually, our, our friend uh, at Chuckles Garage, uh, Scott Birdsall, um, Old Smokey runs on a renewable diesel fuel and synthetic uh, diesel. He actually gave me the phone number to the guy at the company. I'm going to reach out and see if we can get him on the podcast to talk about renewable diesel fuel. Is this someone? Um, is this company similar to what Porsche is doing? I I don't know what Porsche is doing other than they're working on gasoline and this company oh, does yeah. diesel. Okay, gotcha. Uh, so it'll be interesting, but I definitely want to, uh, Greg. I I appreciate all your points and yeah, for sure want to uh, follow up on that and and really, I mean, even for my own edification, want to learn what's going on in the marketplace when it comes to synthetic fuels. Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from you guys. We really do. Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. And while you're on your phone, why don't you leave us a review? That would that would be cool. Five stars. Five stars. Five stars. Five stars. Five. 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 Stars. Five stars. Right back at you, brother. Damn it. That was fast. <laughs> I'll get it one of these days. Just, <laughs> you you've got it twice. It just won't be this year. You've done it. You've done it. Again. You did it twice in twenty twenty one. All right. Well, I thought we would uh, we would end the uh, year on some uplifting reviews. So we got a few five stars here. Uh, first one from uh, Riverat seventy nine says, "Thank you, Holman and Lightning. I enjoy the show. Holman, you are clearly the brains, <laughs> and Lightning is the Barker. Keep the excitement up." <laughs> yeah, I wish you guys could see Lightning's face right now. <laughs> no, I'm enjoying it. I appreciate the, the five star review. That's good. Keep well, it coming. Why is your mouth gaping wide? It's not. Well, it was. No, I'm smiling. This no. is a big old smile. Thanks, buddy. Well, yeah. Thanks for the review. He says, uh, I consider myself a knowledgeable guy, but I still enjoy learning. And thanks to your show, I learn something new every week. You get five stars. Five, five stars! stars! You know, it's uh, my uncle is uh, is kind of famous for saying, uh, he's in his 80s and super wise guy, was in education and all this stuff. And he's one of those guys that. He won't waste any time on you if you don't deserve it. If you listen to him and and you're willing to accept the wisdom that comes your way, he'll completely embrace you. And uh, one day I was at the ranch, actually when I went and picked up the GPW, he goes, what'd you learn today? I looked at him quizzically. I thought about it. I said, well, I learned this and this. And he goes, every day you should ask yourself, what did I learn today? You know, you start going through life going, if I can pick up one little nugget of knowledge every single day, I'm doing all right. All right, uh, we got this one from uh, 9876543210. All right. <laughs> Exclamation. Uh, I'm surprised we haven't heard from 8675309. Yeah. Good show. Great show. Five star show. Says, awesome show. Keep up the good work. Thank you for great sound quality. Yeah, buddy. And five stars. Yeah, buddy. And five, five stars. stars. All right. And we got one more from Game Warden 521 says, the best podcast out there. Jaboobly and Hubba Bubba are the best podcast hosts in the universe. Oh, my God. Uh, his uh, emphasis, not mine. Okay. All caps. All lots right. of exclamations. Uh, trucks, food, mounted parameters. Mounted, monitor, key, engine, parameters. This podcast has it all. Great audio. Uh, unless Holman gets a hold of the recorder. <laughs> That's true. Uh, amazing jingles that won't leave your soul. <laughs> leave your soul? <laughs> I've been listening wow. since uh, the beginning, but I just got a new work phone. So, of course, I had to leave a new review. And... Five stars! Congratulations. You have earned five stars. Nice. Well, guys, thank you uh, so much for another great year. Thanks for putting up with us uh, in 2021. We hope you'll stick with us in 2022. Uh, It's been a good ride so far. And uh, we can't wait to uh, bring you more amazing truck content that will tickle your truck nugget. And I've got uh, got some news to bring. Soonish. 
the truck show, the truck show, the truck show. Oh, oh. Is it a boy or a girl? Uh, it's a boy. It's pretty manly. Okay. Yeah. We got some news. Uh, we got a spread from our friends over at Daytona Truck Beat next uh, episode as well. Oh, yeah. That's not good news. At the beginning of the uh, year, we'll do well, that. Well, it could be. That news it might could be. okay. Be, yeah, that could be. Um, yeah, we, we'll, we'll, we'll bring Jordan on in the new year and uh, get him back. What, what, do you, what do you call news that's uh, bad at first and then has a silver lining? Yeah, silver lining? You sure. That's what it's called? Sure. Hey, uh, if you want to follow Lightning, he's at LBC Lightning on uh, Instagram. You. And uh, I'm at Sean P. Holman. Catching up, I need more people. I need to beat Lightning in 2022. That's my new year's, uh, resolution. Also with losing about 400 pounds. <laughs> those, those two things. Uh, you would fade away if you lost that much. So that, that's true. Uh, at Truck Show Podcast. Truck Show Podcast at gmail.com. And, of course, the five-star hotline, 657 657- 205 6105. We want to hear from you, whether it's on social, whether it's on email, whether it's a phone call. We love our listeners and uh, we'd like to know what you like about the show or what's going on in your world. I think uh, we're on the verge of hatching a camp out. We're going to do a camp out with you guys. We're going to announce a location, a day at a time. Uh, are you going to announce it with me first so I know what you're talking about? Uh, you and I are going to hatch it. And then we're going to come out with it in the next couple weeks. Mm. We're going to do a camp out. We're going to announce it with enough time for you guys that live far away to, to drive your asses out here. I have, and, a, I have and, a place. And camp with us. I already have a place. Perfect. I have a place that will, uh, where we can do things like that. Okay. But it's going to cost people. And it's going to go to a good cause. Okay. It'll be like 35 bucks for, oh, for a weekend. Uh, everyone's got that. Yeah. I'm going to make it happen. Well, I know. I, I, I feel very confident. I mean, you have a plot of land that you can use. Um, I found a guy on Facebook with a giant plot of land that we can also use, and he has mines on it. I don't want anything with mines on oh, it. Oh, you don't? Want I don't it? want to lose any listeners. Oh, okay. Yeah. Or, <laughs> or you, in the middle of the night, step out of the wrong side of your uh, tent oh, and fall. <gasps> I watched last night on YouTube a mine that I'm now obsessed with, but I'm, I will never go in it because it is way too scary. It's at the bottom of... Of Lake Mojave. Yeah. It's a freaking mine shaft yeah. at the bottom of the lake that didn't used to be underwater. And it goes down 170 so feet. So you're not going to get scuba gear and go down there. I watched a guy go yeah. all the way down and oh my God, does it look scary. Yeah, no thanks. And I was like, I want to do this, but I nope. don't think I have the balls no, to do it. You, you don't want to do oh that. Oh my God, it is so, this is a, this guy has been going in mines and caves for like 30 years and, and and I guess a lot of people knew it was there, but mm-hmm. no, only one person had gone down a little ways. This guy went all the way, mostly all the way down. And mm-hmm. visibility is zilch. Yeah. Oh, my God. Talk about scary. <laughs> oh, wow. I don't know. It's so cool. All right, it's uh, exhilarating to watch it. Again, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com, or there's an under over of weather lightning uh, uh, expires in a mine <laughs> in 22. I'm going to try. All That'd right. be the way that I want to go. I'm going to be just crushed. To death in a mind haven. <laughs> no, you don't. No, I don't at all. That's horrible. <laughs> all right, everybody. Uh, listen, gotta thank Nissan. It's been another great year of them uh, being the presenting sponsor of our show. NissanUSA.com. Go down to your local dealer. Check out the Nissan Titan, the Nissan Titan XD, the Nissan Frontier. Of course, the Titans have the industry's best warranty. The Nissan Frontiers have best in class horsepower. Lots of like from these tough, well built, rugged trucks. Did you already say five year, 100,000 mile warranty? And a ton of value. Okay, so both we said that twice, both things twice. Right, because we're giving Nissan value on this read. Oh. You know what we do when we're done paying off? Uh, we pay it off some more. Yes, we do. <laughs> and, of course, for those of you who are experiencing pedal latency, if you have one of the hundreds of uh, applications that uh, it'll fit, you'll want to go to bankspower.com, 
Check out the bank's pedal monster, a patented plug and play box, and will give you up to 30 different levels of sensitivity and curves for your throttle pedal. But unlike the competition, when you put it in reverse, reverts back to stock so you don't go uh, bashing through your garage door or your trailer when you're trying to hook it up. We've all seen those videos, right? When it's worse is you're backing in uh, the boat into the lake and you just go right down the launch ramp. That won't happen with the pedal monster. Because you're in stock mode in reverse. It knows. It's the only one that knows when you're in reverse. It also uh, has a fail-safe mode. So if anything goes wrong, it reverts back to stock. So it You will can not- literally unplug the power. You pull, yank the OBD cable right out from above your big your, your, your left knee. That kills power to the pedal monster. And you wouldn't even know. You just keep driving down the street in stock. If you pull the power on any of the competition, and I know you've seen them on Facebook. There's a lot of competition out there. They all die. They put you to the side of the freaking road. You might as well unscrew your throttle pedal and throw it out the window. It's worthless if you kill the power on one of those competitive devices. Active safety is what keeps you driving down the road, and Pedal Monster is the only one that has it. So if Santa left your stocking a little light, head on over to BanksPower.com. You can hook yourself up and your vehicle up with a Pedal Monster for lightning. How much? Less than 300 bucks. I like that. All right. Well, that's it for the Truck Show Podcast. Loved hanging out with you in 2021, and we will see you next year. Happy New Year, everybody. Lower the suckage! In 2022. The Truck Show Podcast is a production of Motor Trend Group. This podcast was created and produced by Sean Holman and Jay Tillis with production elements by DJ Omar Khan. If you like what you've heard, please head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating. And if you're a fan of the Truck Show Podcast, we encourage you to visit and patronize our sponsors. Guys. Congratulations on another outstanding year of amazing truck content, 2022 will be even better. Just kidding. The show is marginal at best and you'll be lucky to keep it up past January.